0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast Podcast. from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited.
1: It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without
2: permission.
0: The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and happy Sunday. Beautiful weather, great surroundings, and ready to get going for a two-hour and 40-minute contest as we head towards the clutch part of the 2023 season for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Guard Championship. John Hangdorf and Jeremy Shaw in the booth, here, Adam, down on pit lane as we are ready to unleash... One of my favourite events of the year. We are turning the spotlight uh, on the GT categories. We're in beautiful Virginia, just over the county line from North Carolina. And uh, the state line, sorry, from North Carolina at uh, Danville. And it is a 17 Corner circuit for 3.27 miles. Hasn't really changed since it was cut out of the scenery a few years ago. Turn one, certainly a place that you can pass, as is the entry to turn 12. But really, everywhere needs to be watched here. Welcome along, everybody. Uh, 19 cars taking the start mixed between the GTDs which form the majority at 14 cars they have to have a particular lineup of drivers that uh, only includes one pro driver and then five GTD pros where the lineups are absolutely free. However their lineup as they qualified and that means that two GTD Pro runners are in 10th and 11th position. The FAF Motorsport Porsche which will be started by Patrick Peeler and Ross Gunn in the heart of racing Aston Martin. But at the front of the field it is three of those pro cars. The front of the grid is a Lexus RC GT. It'll be Jack Hawksworth that starts the number 14 car. All the pro cars have red backgrounds to their numbers. Daniel Hunkadea in the literally Phoenix from the flames, WeatherTech Racing uh, Mercedes AMG. The white, red and blue number 79 car was engulfed in a very nasty looking fire in the pit lane on Friday. The crew have worked hard to bring that car back to a pristine condition to get it into qualifying yesterday. And Daniel Hunkadea slapped it on the sharp end of the grid, starts from the front row. Row two, Antonio Garcia for Corvette Racing. Last time we'll see that C8R here in GTE form. Remember, it's been sort of backwards engineered down to a GT3 sort of specification. Uh, Next year, it is the purpose-built Corvette C8R uh, in the GTD category. Madison Snow is on pole position for GTT. will sit on the outside of the second row. Our Porsche keys to the race. A little bit of patience required at certain parts of the track. Hard to uh, ask racing drivers sometimes to do that. But Jeremy Shaw staying out of the pits for additional run through. Any penalties, that's a bit of a no-no. And track position, fuel and tyres. Pick any one of those that you think might be more important.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a really good point. But uh, interestingly, there's six teams that have elected to change tyres before the race. Most of them were starting towards the back in any case, uh, in in actual fact. I mean, the the highest place in the car qualified 12th on the grid. Uh, But, uh, yeah, they're obviously not too worried about it because they've gone even farther back than they they might have been otherwise. Um, But, yeah, track position is important because it is difficult to pass. And uh, you've got to be really incis- incisive to make a pass because the quality of the teams and the drivers and the closeness of, in technical specs of the cars means that getting past somebody else isn't as easy as it sounds.
0: Share Adam is down on the pit lane for us. Before anybody asks on At IMSA Radio, share update us A on the weather, B on the driver times and C on a couple of other little housekeeping items.
2: Hot. For uh, the temperature to start, we've got a drive time of 40-minute minimum for GTD, 10 minutes for the pro category. And one thing to keep an eye on, we average 5.3 laps of caution during this VIR contest, the Michelin GT Challenge. A couple of times we've gone all green, so it is a possibility that we stay green. Hopefully we do. But if we do go yellow, the car leading the race determines which class gets to come in first. So if a GTD car is out front, all the GTD cars get a chance to come into the pit lane first.
0: One or two threatening clouds off to the north and west. I don't mean that it's little white fluffy clouds with flick knives. They are quite dark, actually, but we'll keep an eye on that. For the moment, the sun is out. The track temperature is good. Michelin tyres are having to deal with 104 Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius. That's all right, but they will have had to set their starting temperature, pressures rather, A little while ago. 2 hours and 40 minutes on the clock, a mixed grid of 19 GTDs, it's Babendam waving the green flag for the Michelin GT challenge at VIR, they charge down towards the horseshoe for the first time, too wide and about five or six rows deep, maybe actually the full field still holding on to their grid positions as they go through, Jack Hawksworth gets a good run in that bright yellow number 14. Vasa Sullivan, Lexus within second position. Daniel Hunt who is relishing his time in the States, loving these tracks. Antonio Garcia for Corvette slots into third, fourth position. Uh, that is still the BMW of Madison Snow. I had to pause there for a moment because I couldn't actually see Madison's car behind uh, Antonio Garcia's Corvette. They were so close together. Then there's a wee bit of a gap before the next GTD car, which is the second of the Vasa Sullivan cars. Jeremy took me to task for calling them works cars uh, earlier in the weekend. (laughs) Works-supported cars, then, in that case. I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Yes. They are um, effectively, there's a big chunk of cash going in there from uh, from Lexus. And uh, they are run as, uh, yes, a satellite team sort of customer team, and that's the there's two, one in each of the two categories, then it is the Lamborghini Huracan of Loris Spinelli who has shown pace himself and that car this weekend in the Lamborghini and I'm not counting that out they've sort of just been rather stealthy not making a big noise about anything which is um, uh, ironic, I've just said that Jeremy, given that that's a V10 uh, five and a bit litre normally aspirated car, it's got a great noise to it, but they've just got a about their business rather well in that 78
3: Lamborghini they have they've been kind of bubbling underneath the radar screen all
0: season
3: long haven't they and uh, yeah the cars frequently shown really really good pace and certainly with uh, Loris Spinelli uh, starting the car rather than Misha Goitberg that's an interesting strategy by that team also the same for Aaron Tielitz, it's generally Frankie Monte Calvo that starts at number 12 Lexus it's running in second place in GTD right now behind Madison Snow but uh, but Frankie was feeling a little bit under the weather on, on Friday, a bit better yesterday but didn't feel well enough to qualify, much better today though, so Frankie will drive the middle stint in the number 12 car during this race. You need to watch uh, Madison Snow right at the start, trying to make a move and split up those three GTD Pro cars at the front, Antonio Garcia was having none of that however, so Madison had to tuck it back in there in fourth position.
0: Uh, If you're on the world feed or you're listening on uh, Sirius XM 207 or on IMSA Radio, it is at IMSA Radio on the platform, formerly known as Twitter. Get in touch with us if you spot anything or you want to ask any questions. We've got uh, just under two hours and 40 minutes to come. And we can now revel in this field of GT cars as they head down the back straight towards the... Top of the hill, which is called rather appropriately enough the roller coaster. 14 is the uh, right hander that leads down to the left at 15, the left at 16 8. Uh, And then the hog pen at turn 17, which is where the leaders are coming to now, which is a corner that looks really simple on paper. You think, oh, that just leads onto the front straight. Yeah, you don't drive it on paper, Jeremy. Get offline there. The camber (laughs) at the very outside of the corner actually leads away from the corner and just pushes you out onto the grass. And we've seen in the past, haven't we, when it's been damp out there, drivers really struggling to get back onto the front straight.
3: Yeah, true that, and and the front straight isn't straight either, is it? There's at least three that's, kinks that's on that straight before we get down to turn one, and then turn one is sort of a a triple apex right hander, really, really tricky there with uh, you having to run right along the edge left-hand side of the track on the, for the right-hander and carrying the brakes all the way around there as well into, or a good goodly portion around that corner as well so yes a really tricky circuit here great first couple of laps there for jack auxworth in that pole winning lexus he's pulled out already uh, a second and a half over the spaniard in the weathertech mercedes in second place
0: it's potentially um not that important to try and make a break here although I would say that in the past the incidents of incidents of using uh, having to use the safety car and a full course yellow to neutralise the race here have been fairly low Jeremy there's lots of runoff, and if it stays dry most people if they do go off can drive back to somewhere near the pavement there's also because of the nature of the circuit, and the particular Patriot circuit, which is in the middle uh, of the track, between the climbing S's and the back straight, there's a couple of cutouts either side there that you can get into. So uh, a savvy driver and a bit of luck and a fair wind, if you do have a problem, it doesn't necessarily mean you stop out on track and and need to be recovered.
3: True that, and uh, Antonio Garcia got fed up with uh, following the uh, WeatherTech Mercedes after just a couple of laps, he's made a move on that roller coaster section or into the roller coaster section up into the second position now is Antonio Garcia uh, and uh, drawing that lap has just uh, reset the fastest lap of the race one minute 46.892 for the Spaniard the lap record by the way is a 45.455 that was set last year by Jordan Taylor in that same car so eight on the on just a second flying lap for Antonio Garcia he tries to close that gap to the leading Lexus.
0: Just to pick up on something uh, we were talking about earlier, the drive time minimum is 45 minutes today, 45 minutes and the six teams that changed their tyres didn't actually go back to the, the grid, the grid was amended apparently, um, not sure what the um, the difference uh, on that is um, but uh, that's just come through from our colleagues at IMSA. so thank you for that well, Shit. Well, so go ahead Jeremy
3: so what do you mean there uh, I mean they did go to the back of the grid they, they, they just they, in the order in which they made the announcement to race control that they were uh, going to be changing tyres no, they, so they, they, did, they did go to the back of the grid, but it's not, in the, not in the order in which they qualified, but in the order in which they made the announcement that they were changing tyres.
0: Well, that's not what Ims has just said, Jeremy, that's my point. Oh, that oh, they, big they, they said that they, they held, I think sure, that's correct, isn't it? They, they held their grid position, but it was uh, an amendment um, because I guess the six of them did it. Uh, they just amended the grid. How did that work? The,
2: the six of them that did it were all brought- rated drivers who qualified the car, therefore by the rules they were allowed to change their starting tires to new ones from qualifying. So there was no penalty issued. The one that had been issued earlier on grid was incorrect because it gave penalties to all the cars with Bronze rated drivers already. So that's where the issue came. Um, I've just been checking in with some of our GTD Pro teams. I've checked in with four out of five of them based on minimum drive time because only having to hit that 10 minute mark means that they've got a wide open playbook for how they use their drivers. Several of them are thinking, all right, well, if it stays green, we'll split this simply 50 50 for each of the drivers others just saying hmm we're gonna see how the rhythm plays out but we would rather have a fresh finishing driver than somebody changing halfway through
0: okay well let's keep an eye uh, on that thank you shay two and a half hours still to go and jack hawksworth has pulled out a handy 1.6 seconds later we've got a full course caution Already, uh, pits are closed. Oh, it's the Kelly Moss Racing number ninety-two car, David Brulé, and he has demolished both ends of the normally immaculate number ninety-two Porsche, and is stranded in the centre of the circuit. This is at Turn Six, through the climbing S's. It's really quick through there. And it's a rhythm part of the circuit. And seems to have caught David out just as he's gone underneath the bridge. In fact, he's pretty much right underneath the bridge area. Well, that is not the start they wanted at all. Not the start anybody wants. And that is going to take a wee while to clear up. In fact, he didn't even get to the bridge. So actually, that's between... Uh, Just out of turn five before he's really got to turn six, eight. And he's hit the wall hard on the right-hand side. The AMG safety crew already uh, on the scene. And, oh, David, that's a big, big hit on driver's right. Just lost the car and in it went. Very odd-looking accident there, Jeremy. But one thing we will say as. These cars look like the type of vehicles you could go down to your local Lexus, Chevrolet, Mercedes, BMW, Aston Martin, Porsche, McLaren, or Acura dealer. To um, however, these cars are built by the factories uh, as racing cars. They never started off as a street car, so they have all of the safety equipment in. And uh, let's hope that David's okay. And I think I can see him out of the car, we'll check that for you and check with the team, but that is a heavy, heavy impact for David Brulli and the Kelly Moss Racing with Riley, number 92 car.
3: Yeah, just lost it coming out of that, I guess it's turn six, isn't it, off uh, the sort of second of the right-handers after the uh, NASCAR turn there, and the uh, heavy impact there with the tyre barrier, that's going to be uh, quite a clean up because they're going to need to get more tyre barriers in place there, and already the uh, Circuit vehicles there are in place with some uh, new tyre barriers right in front of that marshals post as well. Yeah. Now, that was a heavy impact. so uh, I, I think uh, he did get out of the car already, didn't he, David? Correct. So that's certainly good news. Yeah, that confirmed
0: uh, from our colleagues uh, at and Thank you to our camera operators, as always, feeding back uh, even more information than they see through their new viewfinders. Every single one of them, race fans, best in the biz thank them and of course our safety crew track services and all of the marshals indeed all of the volunteers at vir this weekend we simply cannot go racing uh, without the highly professional services provided by all of those volunteers who give uh, their most precious gift to us the gift of their time thank you very much indeed ladies and gentlemen share adam down in the pit lane and i think even better news that just that david was out the uh, the team have spoken to him
2: yeah the team was able to talk to him and confirm that he was okay he got out of the car on his own he will have to go to the medical center of course but that means that uh, kelly moss with only one bullet in the gun remaining that would be the number 91 Porsche. uh
0: that's uh, very sad for them the good news is david Uh, Gave the thumbs up and spoke to the team before he vacated the car on the Pitts to Car Radio. So an early break in proceedings, Jeremy. Now, this gives us the opportunity. We talked about our Porsche keys to the race. A little bit of patience required, tyres, fuel, track position, staying out of the penalty box and using the strategy wisely. Um, Again, it's a a question that we answer pretty much every time we're on the radio and the uh, World Feed TV. What is the likely pit stop strategy here? Two hours and 40 minutes for the GTDs. These are GT3 cars. Two stroke three stops?
3: Yeah, two stops uh, should be no no problem. They're fairly wide windows uh, because uh, these cars run around about an hour, so... Uh, round about an hour, round about an hour and 40 minutes. So it gives you tw- 20 minutes of, uh, of kind of wiggle room there mm. at some stage during the race. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who runs either uh, shortest, come in and then get to the end on just uh, one more stop from that, or runs longer and runs a shorter final stint. So uh, there's, there's lots of strategic options out there. And uh, this caution, uh, I don't think... Well, I mean, we might see a couple of people coming in to top off with fuel uh, before we go back to green or oh, no the pits won't be open weather because we did, haven't done 15 minutes in the race yet so right. uh, there shouldn't be any pit stops now and um, It'll just extend the opening stint a little bit more
0: It's Jeremy Shaw alongside me John hindorf Adam is down in the pit lane. I want to check in with you uh, and You've got a better view than any of us as to uh, how the clouds are gathering i, I don't want to be a, a, a at all a, um, a bringer of doom here i'm quite the other way when people say oh there's a 25 percent chance of rain i always say well there's a 75 percent chance it will uh, it will stay dry how's it looking there at the moment and how is this likely to affect uh, how the teams plan for the next two hours and 25 minutes.
2: Um, can I go into ostrich mode and just ignore all the clouds that are around please? Because that's right now it's like beautiful, that. sunny. Yeah, um, it's really nice out actually, very windy. The wind is blowing from across the front straight across the pit lane, so that's nice. And uh, I think all the weather is kind of to the northwest of us. There is some pretty nasty clouds to the southwest, but if I look where I want to look, it's a beautiful day.
0: <laughs> I like that, yeah. Can we keep that up, please? Uh, very good. So, behind the safety car, that means obviously no overtaking. And Jeremy was mentioning that they won't Im- open the pit lane. So, the reason that you haven't seen people diving into the pit lane, Jeremy, is um, generally speaking, it's the 15 minute rule, isn't it? Uh,
3: yes, that's right. Uh, 15 minutes from the start of the race or 15 minutes after the previous caution period when it's a short yellow.
0: And there'll be no pass around, not required. And right now, the field is, as it was at the start, is considered, uh, and through qualifying, is considered a single category. Russell Ward behind the wheel of the number 57, sitting in seventh in GTD. That's 12th overall. Uh, It has not been a banner season for Winwood in either their gt3 or their gt4 gtd or gt4 gs program i thought they had a win last time out for russell's dad bryce but that was taken away in post race tech and this is a team jeremy who have made huge strides in the last few years but it might be that 2023 is one of those years that they just want to put those result sheets to one side and file them away and restart again next year
3: yeah that's right i mean <laughs> you can't win all the time can you in this business in particular so to uh, take the rough with the smooth and yeah gosh i mean everything that can go wrong has gone wrong it seems here for that team but look they're still they're still competitive they've got uh, a bit of a balanced performance break coming into this event which should uh, give them a little bit of uh, impetus as well certainly the other Mercedes qualified reasonably well. Russell didn't have his best qualifying run, I think, yesterday. But look, he was only three-tenths of a second behind Mike Skeen. So um, that's not too, too bad because Mike Skeen's got a lot of experience here, particularly at VIR. So, uh, you know, they're, they're still in the game and they'll be pushing hard for a good result here this afternoon.
0: Hello to Blur Fiend. Porsche technician extraordinaire. He's got his FAF T-shirt on, the plaid Porsche following the number nine car this weekend with Patrick it Really showed a huge amount of pace this weekend, but they did uh, win the pit stop demonstration earlier on. That might board well for them turning the r- around the car a couple of times. Uh, later on, uh, also to the brilliantly monikered Lanzarote Carmel. Hello, Alan Prosser, uh, who is uh, watching and listening and as ever doing all the screen grabs coming in on At IMSA Radio to help tell the story of the race, how fortunate we are that we have such great fans uh, here in the US and around the world. In the US, uh, X, uh, Sirius XM 207, around the circuit as well, of course, and on IMSA Radio RS2, part of the Radio Shore Limited network of channels. And what a pleasure it has been to be part of this uh, IMSA renaissance in the last eight years or so couple of races left uh, on this season. Indianapolis coming up next for the inaugural battle on the bricks with the WeatherTech series on the Sunday and the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge with a four-hour race on the Saturday evening. That's a prelude to a longer race there uh, next year for this IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It will increase. If you missed the news uh, last time we were on the air as IMSA Radio Uh, The Michelin Endurance Cup will expand to five races next year with a long-distance race for the IMSA WeatherTech Sport Car Championship at Indianapolis. And it would not... Let me put it this way. It would not surprise me if that was a Saturday night race as well uh, for the WeatherTech. Uh, And uh, under uh, a new lightning system that Roger Penske and the... Team at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway have invested in and will be trying out this year. We'll finish off this year, of course, as tradition dictates at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta for Petit Le My first race in the US back in 1998. In some ways, it feels like a million years ago. In some ways, it feels like yesterday. That is the circuit that I'm, I think I've been to probably more than any other in the state. Let's go through the field then, Jeremy. We've got uh, Vasa Sullivan Lexus leading from Corvette in second and WeatherTech Raceway Mercedes in third. WeatherTech Raceway, WeatherTech Racing. Uh, it, it's not actually the whole circuit of uh, Laguna Seca in third position. Uh, then it's uh, Paul Miller racing in the BMW. Vasa Sullivan for their GTD Lexus, Loris Spinelli in sixth position for Fortier Racing's Lamborghini in the top ten, made up by Tim Kortoff in the dark-coloured Mercedes-AMG, number 32. Ross Gunn in the also very dark-coloured number 23, Aston Martin. The heart racing Aston Martin, the pair of them actually running together in eighth and ninth and haven't really shown the sort of pace that they would have been hoping for with Roman De Angelis in ninth and Patrick Gallagher for Turner Motorsport in the number 96 BMW in tenth position. So this is taking yeah. Jeremy. Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, I well, was just going to say, I mean, the only guys really made any progress since the start of the race or the guys made mode progress is to be kind of a 23. That's uh, Ross Gunn in the uh, pro hard racing Aston Martin, kind of a 23 is up to eighth place having started 11th. Other than that, there's really only been just, you know, one position change for anybody either up or down from the start of the race. The most significant those however of course has changed for second place with the Corvette of Antonio Garcia finding way past the Mercedes of Danny Uh
0: We have had a number of laps behind the safety car here, the Lexus safety car, how's that going to affect how far these cars can stretch into the race and what poti- what potential strategic advantages or even disadvantages Uh, might it have is this pushing people to two uh two stops that are more evenly spaced or does it push the first stop further into the race jeremy no it's it
3: it doesn't it's not really going to affect things that much i mean you're still going to have to make two stops during the race that's no that's no problem what it does do of course is mean that the the uh, the am drivers in gtd have less track time They'll, they'll do their 40 minutes then they'll hop out and hand it over to their pros so that's going to leave mean that the field is more bunched up than it would otherwise be because you know we're going to be spending a goodly portion of that time under yellow it just means that the, the the bronze drivers in particular don't get much much racing time which is a bit of a shame for, which is a big shame for them quite frankly but other than that it's really not going to change too much i mean yeah it, it'll it'll widen up those that the windows as we talked about earlier on are already pretty wide here in terms of when they need to make a pit stop.
0: Perfectly timed uh, for the strategy of Nigel Dobby. who's tuned in following the Corvettes, of course. Great aficionado of Corvette Racing. He says, uh, it's allowed me to pop downstairs to grab a fresh glass of Bordeaux. Uh, Other beverages are available, drink responsibly and never drink and drive, obviously but uh, that sounds like a reasonable strategy, Nigel nice to know that you are with us for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship going green next time around and Shea Adam,
2: surprisingly I see a bit of movement on the wall what's going on down there? I've walked up and down the pit lane twice now, and finally, people are moving. And it's only the number 23, Heart of Racing Aston Martin. They are up on the wall with the fuel probe. They do have sticker Michelin sitting in the sunshine baking. would take a little bit less long to get heat in them today in these conditions. But it looks like they're going to be doing a pit stop. No driver change. Alex Riberis is still up on the stand. And now that I've said it and told everyone else what they're doing, they're putting the fuel nozzle back down. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
0: Might as well have had a huge foam finger pointing at them, Chair. Thank you. Hello, to Sarah Rigby in crew, home of Bentley, but she'll be in the northwest of England cheering on the heart of racing Aston Martin vantages. Following Ross uh, Rosgun via Imsa.tv. Even if you are in the States, the onboard cameras are available via Imsa.tv. Of course, if you're outside. Of the US, you can also get the World Feed TV with the IMSA radio commentary uh, as well. No blocks, no breaks, no interruptions outside of the US. So, one Lexus pulls into the pit lane, being the safety car. One Lexus hands the control of the field over to another yellow Lexus with a little bit more uh, dark grey on it. The Weather Seal sponsored car comes through to restart the race and Jack Hawksworth gets the hammer down pulls out maybe two, three, four cars lengths between himself and Antonio Garcia same sort of diff- distance back to the WeatherTech AMG best of the starts first and fourth I would say Jack Hawksworth had an absolute peach and so did Madison Snow the best of GTD runners he's pulled out probably six or seven lengths maybe more on Aaron Tielitz who is starting the Vasser sullivan number 12, Lexus. Team car leading the motor race at the moment. Copy boot yeah. restart by Jack Hau- uh, Hawksworth and a very good restart from Madison Snow, Jeremy.
3: Very true and very similar to the start of the race overall, actually. With those uh, top four cars are just edging away a little bit already from Eric Team, It's certainly caught a little bit napping there at that restart, but uh, Jack Hawksworth, is using the grunt of that Lexus V8 away from the, uh, uh, from the, uh, as soon as the green came out, he just jumped ahead of the Corvette and once again seems to be able to extend its lead. And, you know, the, the Lexus used to be really hard on its tyres. Uh, it was always the, it, it, it's, its biggest Achilles heel, if you like, but the team has worked really, really hard on that over the years. And quite clearly now, Jack Oaks has no such qualms because he's uh, put, put the hammer to the floor and off he goes, try and extend that lead a little bit in that number 14 lectures. Meanwhile, Danny Juncker-Dalen now coming under pressure. And uh, as that BMW comes alongside him on the straight and just removes past him. Wow. Up, does he.
0: up to the top of the roller coaster. Madison Snow showing intent, as Jeremy mentioned there, going to the left-hand side of the number 79, but did not get through. And discretion being the better part of Valor but it seems that Madison Fields, uh, he has got a little more pace in the car. What he doesn't want to do is have too big of a scrap with Daniel Obedea and take too much out of his Michelin tyres, but what he does want to do is make sure that he keeps the gap between himself and Aaron Thielitz, and Thielitz is closing in, so it would see now as if that lead BMW in GTD is being slightly held up by the WeatherTech AMG as they go through NASCAR turn three and head to the left hook, appropriately named as you get your left-hand side Michelin's on the curb, hook the curb a little bit just to help the car rotate into that and then starting the serpentine run up from turn 5A all the way really up to the oak tree. Not very much of that run, which is about a third of the lap where you are not turning or setting up for a corner.
3: Good restart there for Patrick Pile who made a position at the expense of Patrick Gallagher's number 96. most what BMW, it's up in the tenth place now for Pilet as he chases after Ross Gunn. He the ahead of Ross Gunn in tenth place, and he's now back up into tenth, having made that pass on Gallagher. But meantime, uh, Jack Hawk once again jumped out to the uh, lead there. And it was very interesting, certainly, wasn't it, to see Madison so hauling up alongside Dale on along the straights. Um, and now those two just pulled away just a little bit again from Aaron Teelitz in the Lexus. Made up ground last time uh, through this downhill section here and into the hog pen towards the start-finish line, but those two cars have edged away from just a little bit.
0: There. Adam, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindorf with you and the action for the next two hours and 11 minutes. A wee bit more than that. We've got Michelin Post Race Tech to try and break out what we've seen this weekend in what has been a stupendous event for IMSA and for VIR. Once again, I should say, the casualty early on. David Brullet for Kelly Moss with Riley. Big impact to driver's right between turns five and six. And the Porsche number 92 has been recovered back to the paddock will start that rebuild as soon as possible. Good news, David was okay. That put the safety car out onto the track. But we are back racing now. That was uh, some, about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, went green about uh, five minutes ago. After the clean-up, the pits did not open because of the proximity to the start. Of the race. So it's Jack Hawks with the leads by a second and a half. The Vassar Sullivan number 14 Lexus, that's the one with the the yellow and black car with the red number background, door mirrors and wing end plates. Oh, and the uh, edges to the windscreen banner as well. Tonio Garcia in the Corvette number three, that one's easy to spot. We all know what a Corvette looks like. Daniel Hunker there in the mostly white WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. With the red and blue swooshes on it. That's the number 79 card. Third. Leading GTT in fourth. Paul Miller Racing. Red, white and black. BMW number one. From Aaron Tielitz. In the sister card of the leader. But this time with the green number backgrounds and accoutrements. And then it is the sixth place car, The grey and green Lamborghini number 78. That's the in-race update. The VP racing let's go down to the pit lane and share adam who's with robbie forley
2: robbie you've won this race you've won the pilot challenge race so you're the best person to ask after a second place finish yesterday how do you be successful at VAR?
4: yeah well this weekend uh, you have to be good in the heat that's for sure uh it's uh hot today as well as yesterday so we have a good balance in the car i think in the heat um got to protect our rear tires for us at least in our bmw but we're we've been very quick this weekend patrick's been very quick Got uh, shuffled around at the start a little bit. We're kind of in the line. It's difficult to pass here, but uh, Don Salama on the box is one of the best who will create the magic for us, uh, as we did yesterday. So we'll uh, try to put this number 96 on the box just like yesterday and uh, give these Turner guys a good result like they deserve.
2: Did you actually learn anything yesterday in the race yesterday that you can apply to today?
4: Uh, I would say a little bit. The track was super greasy yesterday also, so just knowing how the car evolves over a stint, the cars are quite different, GT4 versus but you still get some knowledge about how the track evolves um, on and offline trying to make passes. So uh, definitely a different car to race, but uh, a good uh, a good baseline from yesterday.
2: You're wearing one of these cold vests. Does that actually work?
4: Uh, it worked for about five minutes. Now the ice packs <laughs> are no longer cold. So uh, it must be doing something, but trying to stay cool.
2: Enjoy when you get out there.
4: Thanks, we will do.
0: So... Still, well over two hours to go, and championship. Talked too much about the championship during our race broadcast, Jeremy. Talked about it in our Michelin countdown, agreed on IMS Radio. Um, it is coming to that time of the year, isn't it? And, and we've seen this happen, particularly actually at this racetrack before, when you do get a slight difference in mentality between teams and particularly drivers who are thinking about the end of the race at road atlanta and a potential championship victory and teams and again particularly drivers who are thinking about i need to be further up the field i need to win this race because some teams are out of the championship hump already right now
3: yeah it, that's certainly you know in gtd pro it's looking pretty good for the uh, lexus team of ben varnikas and, and jack oxford i mean he came in with a with a, a sizable advantage to stretch it a little bit more by virtue getting the pole position because 35 points now for pole position for the last uh, several, couple of years couple of three years in into competition so they now lead by uh, hundred and seventy four over Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor We just uh, this race for a couple of races to go you know, the opportunities are somewhat limited to cut into that gap uh, but uh, in GTD, uh, non-pro, it's, it's also looking good for Madison Snow and Brian Sellers. Again, they extended their lead with the pole position yesterday uh, and now lead by 215 points uh, over Roman DeAndrius and Marcus Sorensen. So it's looking very, very good for them. Really, they just need uh, three solid finishes and it should be championship there and, and job done for the Paul Miller Racing BMW team.
0: Faf Motorsport, the Motul driveway-supported car. Patrick Peele sitting in 10th position in the overall standings, 15th class. I'll say right now that come the last stanza of the race, uh, we'll probably stop talking about GTD and GTD Pro for a little while. And just concentrate on the overalls and we'll sort it out with the chequered flag. Important to understand if you're not familiar with this racing, and I accept that uh, people are coming to us all the time, certainly with the 30% uh, uptick in our global TV and radio feed last year. We're clearly attracting uh, a lot of new viewers and listeners with the IMSA's brilliant uh, form of multi-class motor racing. So if you're not used to this and you've been Recommended first of all welcome and you are very welcome any questions you want to ask at IMSA radio And you'll find people very helpful there, but the GTD pros albeit uh, Sound like they should be at the front of the field and indeed the top three are however in terms of performance potential of the cars at uh, one Vasser sullivan Lexus is the same as another Vasser sullivan Lexus. One AMG Mercedes is very much the same as another AMG Mercedes, or indeed the two heart of racing Aston Martins. It is down to how the teams set them up and how the drivers, spookily enough, how the drivers drive them. Uh, and, of course, some engineering and some strategy goes into that as well. But in terms of the actual performance potential, the ultimate performance potential, the cars uh, are the same. It is a performance balanced category, that means IMSA is monitoring a huge amount of data that means that a low, svelte McLaren uh, can compete on reasonably level playing field with a slightly more upright BMW. And a front-engine BMW or AMG or Aston Martin can compete with a mid-engine or indeed a rear-engine car, Corvette or uh, NSX Honda, Acura, I should say, or Porsche, of course, for the rear-engine cars. And whilst BOP is often seen as a negative in some series, Jeremy, you and I have said many times to, uh, down through the years that the uh, the IMSA and Pilot Challenge and here in the GTD classes of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship um, all all hail to BOP because we have seen such a variety of cars down through the years and, and such a variety of manufacturers and, and they have all had their, their times at pool positions, fastest lap and indeed uh, podium positions
3: true that and you know it's been another fantastic season uh, this year no doubt, no doubt because I mean you know the the BMW in GCD uh, non-pro uh, has uh, won four races but uh, the other the other race all been run uh, well two wins for Aston Martin one win a a piece for Porsche and Lexus, and um, and Lexus yes so you know it's it's it is spread out widely all the manufacturers have uh, scored at least a, a pole and or a podium so you know it's uh, it's pretty darn good and once again we've seen that again here we just saw a couple of laps ago. Uh, jack hawks was set a new fastest lap of race that was immediately eclipsed by the second place car of antonio garcia so he is set the fastest lap so far now at 146.610 for him and madison snow right behind him, 46.633 so Uh, almost identical times between the, the Corvette and the BMW.
0: Coming down to the two hours to go, Mark. So we are about seven minutes away from the minimum driver time, 45 minutes in this race. You will note that Ibser are fairly clever and setting minimum, dri- minimum driver times that don't necessarily match with a full tank of petrol uh, and the usage of the VP Racing Fuel or make it easy to split the races up into uh, an easy set of, uh, of stints throughout the race. A little bit of an off-track moment for Daniel Hunkadea in third place, just overdid the speed on the entry to turn three the NASCAR bend, there is a little bit of pavement outside the yellow and blue kerbs, he used that and a bit of the dust, threw that into Madison's Snows. well windscreen as he went through there just keep an eye on that car as it comes through looking a little more dusty Had a question here that you might be able to answer about that number one Paul Miller Racing BMW sitting in fourth place. A couple of people just uh, noticing how well that pops in the sunshine, that colour scheme. What's the origins of that uh, red, white, and black colour scheme on that car?
2: That's something that Paul Miller has had on his race cars for a very long time now, and it's always been some variety of that combination last year there was a little bit more silver to it this year a little bit more white paul does like having the silver and the gray so we could see a change here again for next year but the the joke is that they went to gtd pro for next year because red matches the car a lot better than the the green does
0: thank you Shay. very good very good indeed well we've had a decent amount of green flag then, some uh, 20 minutes or there or so thereabouts, and Jack Hawksworth has made use of that, Jeremy to pull away from Antonio Garcia, now up to 2.3 seconds still no uh, threat of lapping any traffic at the moment the back of the field is going through turn 7 as the front of the field being Jack Hawksworth uh, is heading halfway down the back straight, that is one of the advantages of uh, having a single a category as it were and do you think Jeremy will see a few takers at the 45 minute mark so around about three and a half four minutes time
3: oh yes oh yes we'll have uh, at least half a dozen cars in I think pretty much right away uh, it's the earliest opportunity they get the pro driver in there and uh, and then go from there and, and uh, you yeah, know this, this no one's too far off the pack I mean Alan Brynjolfsson's fallen about seven seconds behind uh, PJ Hyatt but uh, PJ is within um, what 15 seconds or so, less than that actually, of uh, of the leader in the class. So uh, it's not much uh, differential between any of the cars, any of the cars in the whole in the whole field. They're all covered. The last guy is is uh, about 30 uh, odd seconds behind the the lead, the overall leader. So it's yeah, uh, you know, not much to choose at all.
0: Alan Brynjolfsson in the 77 Wright Motorsport Vault Racing Porsche and 31.8 seconds to be uh, absolutely uh, on the nosey so he comes out of the uh, turn 2 kink and into turn, in turn 3 as the leader is going into turn 10 uh, you can follow along by the way live systems.com forward slash IMSA and uh, there is a tracker on there as well for the Dancing at or results.imsa.com is the one that uh, is probably easy to remember and you can get all the timing information that we have here in the IMSA broadcast booth and follow along if you're a seasoned follower of endurance racing. Here's Madison Snow having a go again, coming into turn 13 and 14 at the top of the roller coaster, trying to get through in the overall third position. Daniel Hunkadea has to give way this time, and the BMW is ahead, Jeremy, of the 79 WeatherTech AMG.
3: Yeah, and uh, Madison's already pulled out about three, three three and a half, nearly four seconds over Aaron Tillich, who's running second in non-pro as well. So another really good performance here for Madison Snow. The u uh, has uh, been, I mean, he loves this racetrack. He's, uh, he, he, scored, he, he and Brian Sellers scored their first win here eight years ago now seven eight years ago remarkable isn't it how, how quickly time flies but he loves the track he's taking advantage of a really good paul miller race in bmw and stretching his lead over aaron Tielitz and the rest of the ggd field meanwhile the, the race leader turning very very consistent laps in front of the field 46.67 last time around for jack hawksworth his best lap at racing 46.65 so incredibly close, and uh, just over the last couple of laps, or so, he's extended his lead now to 2.7 seconds over the Corvette in second place. So that leading Lexus working really, really well.
0: Yeah, and just taking note of this: two seconds between Madison Snow and Antonio Garcia. Now he's been sprung from behind Daniel Kühnhäuser. Uh, can he? catch antonio garcia or at least eat into that we are about a minute or so so another lap away from hitting that 45 minute minimum drive time and uh, by the way not that this should be a surprise but there are people who will be uh, putting the black marker of doom the sharpie of doom through cars uh, on the brilliant andy blackmore Sporters guide uh, 92 has officially been retired now. I think you could probably have guessed that after that incident at uh, Turn 5 and 6 uh, early on. But uh, for those of you who keep note of these things, that is an official uh, retirement. Jack Hawksworth goes through and resets the fastest lap of the race And the four-tier, uh, the four-tier Lamborghini. Trying to get in the pit lane has stopped in the pit lane entrance. Just at the commit part of the track on the green and yellow hash marks uh, and a quick reset, a little Michelin rubber laid down uh, and that is going to take time now oh, Laura Spinelli will be annoyed about that, committed to the pit lane and the car ground to a halt so I, I wonder if that oh, I reckon that was on purpose for drive time. 45 seconds has just elapsed I'm not sure you're supposed to do that. So race control might have a look at that. Now into the pit lane. Shea Adam is down there. This is the first of the 45-minute club, share. Drive time has been fulfilled.
2: Fuel tires and Misha Goikberg installed behind the wheel. Now the car has been redone refueling for five seconds. Misha just fires it back up and gets it rolling once again. So that is the first pit stop done. We did see this incident played out before at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in a G- DTDPI. It was Core Autosport. John Bennett stopped at the pit entrance, waited for drive time to elapse, and then drove in. So we do have a precedent for that. There was no penalty for that incident. And just a fact for you 13 previous gt3 starts at uh vir for porsche one win two podiums eight top five finishes this is the first dnf so that will mark it up to 17 uh 17 starts for porsches one dnf so
0: pit stops have started hello to dylan blackhurst he says excuse me asking a dumb question dylan i said if you need to know anything At IMSA Radio, there's no dumb questions, Uh, there are only incomplete answers. Where are the hypercars? Have I missed them already? No hypercars this weekend, Uh, they're called GTPs here in IMSA. They're the LMDH version of the top category of the prototypes, uh, 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 the global prototypes, DPI 2.0 if you like. Uh, This is a GT-only race. Uh, here at IMSA. We will have GTPs back next time out at Indianapolis and then again for the 10 hours at Road Atlanta. Please tune in for that. Uh, Dylan, welcome to the IMSA sports car family. Shea Adam, another plethora, a flurry at least, of pit stops.
2: Paul Miller Racing was in, Madison Snow got out, Brian Zellers took the car back out with four new tires. We've had both of the Turner Motorsport BMWs in. It's Bill in the 97, and Robbie Foley in the in the 2096. Sorry, side by side for Catherine Leg and Bill Oberlin as Bill falls into line behind the gradient Racing Acura. New tires for that Acura as well. The Porsche Roxy this weekend as she is Rexy off on the way to Japan. That is now Seprio. We've got Kai Van Buerlo in the number 91 for Kelly Moss with Riley in their Porsche. Tires and fuel for them, and tires and fuel for Wright Motorsport <sighs> in the Bolt Racing Machine. Alan Brynjolfsson started. Trent Hymen is behind the wheel now.
0: then to see this player out in strategy. <laughs> Chris has says, does Roxy and Rexy to that point remind you of a Dame Ladart SP250 from the front three quarters? I know what you mean with that mouth, the upturned uh, sort of cord on the front of, of that car, the segment on the grille, the uh, V8 Hemi Two and a half litre, the best uh, Jag- uh, Jaguar engine that never was. Diemler had it instead. state. Hawksworth still leading. Now by 3.2 seconds from Antonio Garcia in second. Daniel Hucadella, of course, back up to third after that pit stop by the leading GTD car. Uh, and uh, Brian Sellers should cycle back around to the lead as Kortoff Motorsport is in the pit lane. Shay Adam is watching.
2: They've done a driver change. It is now skiing out and Mick Grenier in. Fuel and tires. Fuel and tires for the inception. Racing McLaren. Very slow driver change there as Frederick SHANDORF has taken over with four new Michelin. We've got the Aston Martin from ART of Racing, number 27. This is the GTD car. Marco Sorensen is now behind the wheel with fuel and four Snicker Michelins. And the first of our GTD Pro Stoppers, that was Fast Motorsports coming in. Patrick Pile started Klaus Backler, first racing laps around VIR. Welcome to this place, which is heaven on earth, Klaus.
0: So Jeremy, the first of the pit stoppers, that doesn't uh, completely decide their strategy. You mentioned earlier on about the uh, the wiggle room that we've got here at a two-hour 40-minute race.
3: Yeah, a bizarre decision by uh, Forte Racing by US trying to. to park Spinelli at the beginning of the pit lane there and lose several seconds because he just set the fastest lap of the race in GTD before, on the lap before that. Uh, I, I mean, there's not that... Not, I don't understand the rush to get him in, which is pretty quick. Uh, so, yeah, they've lost a lot more time by waiting than they would have done by doing one more lap and coming in with uh, the rest of the contenders. So a very bizarre decision there. Well, that's going to be quite costly, I think.
0: Well, the worst news is that they didn't hit the pit time anywhere. They were short by six seconds so that's really worked badly for them so they're going to have to get Spinelli in from uh, the uh, uh, back in
3: that car it's well no no Spinelli's going to go in he's going to do the final stint in any case okay. that's not that's not the issue uh, the issue is why did he stop at the beginning of the pit lane I, because Spinelli i'm sure that the, the plan is for him to get in to do the final since semi there and tinez uh, Who uh, is handing over the number 12 car to uh, Frankie Montecalvo, Calvo, will get in for the final stint of this race, that's the plan. So, I don't know, bizarre, I, 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 we need to find out why uh, Spinelli stopped there and didn't come straight into the pits like he should have done.
0: Shea Adam is in the pit lane, I'm sure she'll go and ask Fortney in a moment what's been happening, Shea.
2: Heading up in that direction now, uh, just watch the pits for the number 12, your Sullivan Lexus, that was Frankie Montecalvo taking over for the middle stint. From Aaron Teelitz, they did fuel and four Michelin tires. And up on the wall, just giving me a fist bump, Alex Treberis is ready to take over for Ross Gunn in the number 23, Heart of Racing, Aston Martin.
0: Hello to Oscar Paravani, who's tuned in, wants to know what his uh, dad Gary does when he's away. Uh, Great motor racing family there. Hello, Gary. Hello, Oscar, as well. And uh, welcome to the... Broadcast At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we're in the middle of the pit stop window now. There will be at least one more before the end of the race, which is an hour and 50 minutes uh, away. Two more races for these cars before the end of the season and we'll be rejoined by the top prototypes as well. Looking forward to... Indianapolis Motor Speedway, next time out. And if you haven't booked yet, you are allowed to camp on the infield for the first time ever in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Doug Balls was uh, making a video there recently, the man at the head of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, See the website for details. Let's take some uh, insight from some of the drivers who started the race. Shea Adam.
2: Laura Spinelli, why the stop coming into the pit lane?
1: Uh, honestly, we, we don't know, because this problem came out uh, Friday, uh, and uh, it happened always in the same part. So in the last corner, as soon as I jump on the curb, the car turned uh, turn off by itself. Uh, we tried uh, everything to, to figure out the problem, but uh, today,
2: unfortunately, come came out again and uh, nothing to say. Uh, we keep pushing again, uh, again. Uh, it's happening again out on the track. Uh, Loris, I'll let you go and commiserate. So sorry.
0: Ah, so there is the answer. Sense. Well done, shit, for getting <laughs> yep. the answer to that. So not a call, Jeremy. Just right. a car uh, coughing and spluttering on the way in.
3: Yeah, really irritating for that team because uh, they had a fast car here, As I say. Loris Spinelli just set the fastest lap right before that. So that was, that was bizarre. I thought I, I, there, there had to be more to that story. So well done to Shay Allen for, <laughs> to, for completing that, that book. Um, but so, yeah, really disappointing for them because they had a really fast car this weekend again.
0: The Heart of Racing Aston Martin team have not had a weekend up to their normal standard and it's getting worse. They're going to have to come down the pit lane for the 27 car again. Their fuel flow uh, was incorrect. They didn't adhere to the minimum fuel time their second car is in, the 23 Pro car with Alex Ribeiro Corvette in as well in the number three, GTD Pro comes out of third position Antonio Garcia brought that car in and I'm pretty certain that Antonio jumped out of that car very early in the piece that's a great stop from Pat Miller coming back with GTD cars next year Uh, and of course they'll be privateer cars as well in the GTD category and uh, Jordan Taylor taking over that car as he looks at his last three races for GM and Corvette, being massive part of that racing family for a little while but he's going back to his actual family for next season as he heads to Acura to GTP and to Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport they'll have two GTP cars In the championship next year, Jordan then rejoining. Good battle going on between the number 70 Inception, Frederick Chandoff, and uh, Klaus Backler. That's the battle for ninth and tenth. As the leader comes into the pit lane, second place into the pit lane as well. Sheer Adam is there to
2: watch. The first car that will hit its box will be the first car off the pit lane, the 14 faster Sullivan Lexus, because they have the best box. Fuel tires, looks like they are doing a driver change as well. They're definitely doing a driver change for the 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. Jules Guignon hopping in as Danny Jinglea already out of the car for fuel. FOUR STICKER TIRES. OOH, THOSE ONES ACTUALLY, NO, I LIE, THE LEFT SIDES OF THE WEATHERTECH MERCEDES HAVE BEEN SCRUBBED IN, um, BUT VERY LIGHTLY, AS IF THEY ONLY DID THAT IN MORNING WARM-UP. NOW WE'RE WAITING FOR BOTH OF THE CARS TO REFIRE. I'M GOING TO STAND A LITTLE BIT BACK FROM THE 79 MERCEDES. IT DID HAVE A FUEL ISSUE THE OTHER DAY, OR AT LEAST THEY THINK IT WAS A FUEL issue uh, that caused the car to go up in flames. Lexus out, rolls away. Where is Brian Sellers? Answer, lead of the race. So if we were to go to yellow right now, the GTD class would get to pit before GTD Pro. Uh,
0: That's a very good point that you've mentioned there, Shea. That's the only time that the two classes are recognized. Not in qualifying. It is seen as a single class. But if we have yellow flag pit stops, the category that is at the front of the field gets first dibs at the open pit lane Tim Fulbrook saying seeing a couple of drivers watching on the onboards only properly tightening up their belts after leaving the pit lane is there a rule should have your belt stood up before you leave the pit lane certainly before you come off the pit lane speed limit Tim if the uh, officials see that there will be uh, some kind of Uh, penalty for that and and similarly you're not allowed to unfasten them completely uh, before you get out of the car and hello to Robert Melvin in the UK Uh, Golf on Via Play hope the race replay comes up on YouTube tomorrow you you can watch Robert on your computer it's absolutely free if you go to imsa.tv or if you go to imsaradio.com and uh, hit the live video button and uh, Actually, I'll quickly reply to you uh, with IMSA radio and uh, fire you the audio and video links as well. Uh, There's no subscription for that and no ads either. Jeremy, starting to cycle through the rest of the pit stops now.
3: Yeah, uh, interesting, isn't it? And uh, the uh, number 14 Lexus has been running uh, very solidly out front. It must have put a bit more fuel into that car than the number one car for Paul Miller Racing. That would uh, explain that uh, difference between those two i think maybe the number one car just evening up their stints more so than the number 14 car um i mean it came in earlier so it would have needed less fuel to to top it off but then uh, that was certainly a faster stop and that's what has got Brian sellers out into the lead of this race overall by about three and a half seconds because before he came into the pits he was a similar margin behind the lexus so the only way to, this, to explain that because uh, The lap times uh, prior to the stop for Hawksworth were really good. So uh, I I think it must have been just a shorter stop, less fuel going in to the number one car is what I would assume.
0: So let's pick up a few battles through the field. A win with number 57. 11th position, Phil Ellis with a similar coloured car behind him, but that's a BMW, Bill Orberlin, who had it coming together with Catherine Leg as they were exiting the pit lane after their pit stops, 66 Agra just in behind there, Jeremy
3: Yep, and uh, nice first in there for Sheena Monk, uh, she's handed over to Catherine who's already made up uh, several positions uh, since the restart, but uh, Sheena was doing a really nice job there, hanging on to the uh, inception mclaren it was directly ahead of her through her first did really good effort by them uh shandorf is still uh, since the pit stops pulled pulled uh, out a little bit pulled up a few positions in number 70 up to ninth position overall now fifth in gcd for frederick shandorf but uh, it's uh, you know at this stage everything planning out uh, pretty much as one expected the, the loser though in that round was Marcus sorensen number 27 Car. That was it. That was the car that had to make an extra pit stop there, wasn't it? It got penalised. Is that
0: uh, right? Mark was Sorensen. Yeah. Uh, in the 27 Heart of Racing Aston. Yes, that was the fuel, uh, um, two quick uh, fuel stop. Yes, absolutely, Jeremy. So yeah. that's why that's been down the pit lane one extra time. They, they haven't decided to do some, a uh, tricky strategy. Strategy was part of our. Porsche keys to the race and Michelin can't Talking about strategy and track position. Make sure you don't get penalties. Well, unfortunately, Hart of Racing, number 27, Aston hasn't managed to steer clean on that point of view. Then it's all about fuel and tyres and pace and being a little bit patient. Brian Sellers has pace, he has experience and he knows how to get themselves to the end of the race. I thought it was a really good stint by Madison earlier on. It's off at the top of the circuit. This is the Arrow 78. No, it's not. It's at Turn 1, excuse me. The Forte Lamborghini has gone off at the horseshoe. And just makes it back onto the circuit uh, in elegant isolation there. So it hasn't bothered anybody else. And there was nobody... Around either, so those at the moment we'll keep an eye on those Porsche keys to the race. Just a, a little bit of a miss. Oh, engines cut out again, engine cut out again. The lights went out, so that wasn't the fault of the driver there, Misha Goitberg. So the lights go out, which means the engines cut, and therefore he loses the brake pedal, he loses the ability to steer with the power steering and so it'd be jumping on that brake pedal probably with both feet and trying to get the car restarted that is a real safety issue now for that car they're gonna have to bring it back in Jeremy I think
3: yeah I think so really unfortunate I mean it seems to be out of control with that car they do not seem to be able to understand exactly what the problem is and it's bitten them now several times and it's gonna be a really really long afternoon from here for that number 78 crew. Meanwhile, new fastest lap at the race, a couple of laps to go by Jordan Taylor, uh, 145.010 for the uh, Corvette. Uh, and uh, that is a new lap record because uh, he had the record last year at a 45.4, so 45.0 then uh, for Jordan Taylor. Jeremy, got to
0: got a crash Uh, this is at turn 14 you don't have a small one at the top of the roller coaster this is going to bring out the safety car again somebody's gone straight on I have a strong suspicion that is the Lamborghini again there's a little bit of green that I can see and I think that's the arrow uh, livery on what I can see of the swan neck yes it is confirmed now by Our team up at Charlotte, who have a couple more views of that. Thank you very much, Maren. And our intrepid camera operators. Second full course caution of the race. And do the lights go out again? Yes, they do. Exactly the same as we saw at Turn 1. And this time with far more significant consequences so the engine cuts out, and at that point, Misha Goitberg is a complete passenger. She's already down at the team, and they've given her the nod. He's been speaking to them, and he is okay. That is a driver's nightmare, Jeremy.
3: Yeah, any, I mean, your brake failure and a fire are the two things you fear most as a driver, and uh, they didn't have the fire, that was the number 79 car in the pit lane on Friday, but uh, the, with the in, it, it, all the electrics cut out, you've got no braking on these cars and he just went uh, pretty much unabated speed into that tyre barrier, so really scary there for Mr Goikberg and certainly good to hear that he's been talking to the crew and hopefully, you know, I mean, he's completely buried underneath that tyre wall, um, but uh, gosh, that's, uh, that's a really scary incident there for the number 78 Lamborghini.
0: Uh, I think as as bad as the loss of the power to the brakes, you will still at least get some retardation and you can um, slow it down a wee bit. It's the loss of the steering, Jeremy, because these cars have got such short steering racks. By that, I mean, y- you don't turn very much side to side. Pretty much if you go through um, 90 degrees, certainly 180 degrees, you're pretty much on full lock. And that means that there's an awful lot of resistance on the steering rack itself. Plus you've got big, wide, sticky Michelin tires that don't want to turn. And when you have no power assistance, it's nigh on impossible to turn the wheel, particularly at the high speeds that we're talking about here with a wee bit of downforce on as well. Uh, so that car, i tell you what has happened. Those banded tires did their job, didn't they? Because oh, there's got yeah. three or four, uh, rows of uh, tyre stacks there that are held together with uh, an almost a conveyor belt style of uh, rubber casing round the outside that are bolted through them and that has uh, absorbed the energy of the Forte Lamborghini and stopped it getting to the guardrail and in that and look they don't look particularly pretty they don't look particularly high-tech but they still do their job
3: they really do and, and there's a gap between that banded tyre barrier Great and point another barrier behind that as well so it can it can move that entire tire wall if you like uh forward probably six or eight feet or maybe ten feet not quite sure what the gap is there but it's 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 substantial and that in itself dissipates a lot of energy as well some weather over there in the distance Uh, last time i looked at the weather forecast by the way if we're going to get any rain here it's going to be after five o'clock and the races should be done by then so Hurrah. i'm going to drink drink to that uh, just before that caution period came out frederick schandorf moved up a couple of positions he got past both the number 23 aston martin of alex Riberas and the uh, michael grenier's team caught off mercedes which uh, has lost about half a dozen positions it, it's formed from seventh to twelfth so it lost five positions did grenier so not quite sure what happened there to the that shandorf jumped two places from at night to seventh
0: looks like there's a little bit of perhaps the evidence of raindrops on the number 70 inception windscreen unless it's just been some dirt or some debris thrown up onto that car
3: no, so you would like to know how he, how he made up those two positions on that last up and why Michael Grenier fell back uh, several positions. We've got several pit stops, though, uh, taking place, it would appear.
0: Adam
2: is watching. Topping off for the following cars. 57 Windward Racing Mercedes, 27 Harder Racing Aston Martin, 77 Volts. That would be the right motorsport Porsche. The 91 from Kelly Moss with Riley. And Roxy was in for AO Racing. Those cars coming down the pit lane, everybody else staying out. And, of course, this was the example. GTD car leading overall. GTD cars get to come down the pit lane first.
0: Hello to Sasha Hutchison in Ambleside in the Lake District in the UK, cheering on all of the Team Lexus cars, both of the Team Lexus car. And there is definitely rain falling uh, at the area closest to... The top of the roller coaster, and Shea Adam has come woefully unprepared to the pit lane, which is unusual for her. No rain gear, Shea.
2: I'm an optimist, John. My rain gear is my waterproof shoes uh, but other than that no the rain gear is still back in the truck because they said there was a chance of thunderstorms and i didn't even want to give them the opportunity to come to fruition
3: oh there's your first mistake yeah uh, if you bring it all or wear it all it's not going to rain that's <laughs> but it's yeah, not very comfortable that's in this right. or the heat <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll get wet Understand all right it. but
0: from the inside out yeah. if you're wearing it when it's uh when it's hot been there done that one got the really soggy t-shirt that i had to to get rid of, to be quite honest, let's uh, give you a VP racing rundown. Pits are uh, open for the GTD Pro now. It's Brian Sellers that leads. He did not take the opportunity to come in when the pits open for GTD. Uh, the fact that he was leading meant that it was the GTD class that were allowed to come in first. Uh, the GTD Pro sitting behind him, and remember, he fought his way. Uh, to the front, or uh, at least between him and uh, Madison Snow. Ben Barnekid for Vassar Sullivan in the 14 Lexus. The Corvette, number three, has Jordan Taylor behind the wheel. Jules Gounod has taken over the number 73, excuse me, 79, WeatherTech AMG. And then it's Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport. He's the second-place GTD, fifth position overall. Frankie Monte Calvo for Vassar Sullivan's Lexus, number 12, Fred Schandhoff. For the number 70 Inception Racing McLaren inside the top 10, there. Then the two GTD Pro outliers, if you will, the Harter Racing Aston, number 23, and the Klaus Backler driven Faf Motorsport Porsche, number 9. They're in eighth and ninth, top 10. Bill Oberlin, Turner Motorsport, who had contact in that number 97 BMW with the 66 of Catherine Leg at turn one. Uh, that uh, happened a few laps ago. Shilgunon coming into the pits, by the way. Behind Orbelin is Mikel Grenier and Catherine Leg, And just coming out the pits, Winwood, Wright, Harter Racing, Kelly Moss and a. All Racing, 57, 77, 27, 91 and 80, having had their splashes. That's your VP Racing update. And, Shay, you've got some GTD pros.
2: Fuel only for the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin and the 79 Weathertech Racing Mercedes. Let's see if Weathertech stops at the pit close light. It does. Very well done. Good job, Jewel. Waiting on Alex Riberas to fire the car back up once again. It doesn't want to go. The fuel probe has been released from the car. Alex can't get it in gear. He can't get it moving. That's a four tire stop for FAFT, by the way. While they did the fuel, now Alex gets the car fired up once again. They're plugging the fuel probe in to make sure that they got every last drop of fuel in they didn't and there we go now alex is able to roll away the best news is that that happened under caution because if that had been under green flag that would have been 15 seconds lost
0: uh, that's a good point Sher. thank you hello to mark white leg so have you seen the new lexus gt3 toyota lexus not sure what it's going to be called yet testing at mategi last week was testing at fuji a couple of three months ago there's some video of that that was leaked out by i'm pretty certain it was gazoo racing who leaked it can't wait to see it racing globally he says sports car 365 have got some uh, pictures and some video of that John De Geese and the rest of his crew working hard this weekend covering sports car racing around the globe at 2025 we're hearing for that mark and the possibility uh, then uh, or uh, certainly the rumor is that we might see the RCF in the WEC next year because Toyota wants uh, Toyota and Lexus want to go to Le Mans in GT, and it's GTD uh, that is the formula for Le Mans from next year onwards. The new car probably not ready by then, therefore we might yet see the RCF there. That's not confirmed, but certainly we know that uh, they would get a preferential uh, space on the grid in WEC because Toyota are racing in hypercar and that's how that is working if you've got a hypercar entry you get a preferential entry for GT uh, as well in the WEC and of course if you're in the WEC the World Endurance Championship you automatically get entries for the Le Mans 24 hours. Mark thanks for your question keep them coming at IMSA.com Radio. Winners and losers, Jeremy, in, in that. I mean, we've got an hour and a half to go yet, so there's plenty of time for it to even out, but has that uh, has that yellow flag come at a good or bad time for anyone in particular as the rain continues to drizzle?
3: No, it just gives uh, some of the teams an opportunity to try something a little bit different. That'd be the reason number t- 23 and number 9 came in. They were kind of off the back of the uh, other three contenders in GTD Pro. Interesting, certain number 79 cars should come in and lose its track position, but they've been struggling just a little bit. And uh, they was, uh Jules guignol driving that car now, I think, isn't He's been he'd been losing a little bit of ground to the Corvette uh, prior to this full course caution. After making the uh, earlier pit stop and driver change, the, the uh, highest place for the GTD cars to come in to the pits was the tenth place. Um, number 57, Windward Racing Mercedes, three cars behind it did not. That was 97, 32, 66. And in the last four cars, which were number 80, 91, uh, 27, which had had the uh, penalty earlier on and dropped to the back, and number 77, they all took the opportunity to come in and take a, a splash of fuel, which will mean their final stop or their next stop, because they're going to need, uh, they're going to still need to come in um, one more time from here will be uh, shorter than the, the others that will need a little bit more fuel at that stage. But of those four cars, or those five cars that came in for GTD, i.e. non-pro, 57 car remained out front. the 77 car for Wright Motorsports, so jumped from uh, 17th position, moved up, th- up three places, will also be ahead of the three GTD Pro cars as well uh, for the restart. So that certainly worked out really well for Wright Motorsports and Trent Hinman.
0: Rain getting a bit heavier in certain parts of the circuits. Louis Hesketh, and you're not listening and missing any action here, so a chance to answer some questions at IMSA Radio. Why is... Sorry, Louis Hesketh. My apologies, Louis. Uh, famous racing name there. Why is Petit Le called Petit Le Small Le When the much-missed uh, Dr. Dom Pernos decided that uh, he was going to revive IMSA, and do his bit for sports car racing in the U.S. Uh, after his cars had run at Le Mans in the uh, mid to late 90s. He came up with an idea of a 10 hour sports car race at what is now Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. And he liked the idea of Le Mans. He went to go and he'd raced at Le Mans, of course, with the painos the early painos And he went to the ACO. And asked if he could license the name and use the name Le Mans they said yes so as a tryout in October 1998 they put on a race there called Petit Le Mans small Le Mans it had all the same sort of pomp and circumstances the anthems including the singing of the French national anthem as well as the American one before the race and we'll see that again this year at Mortul, Petit Le Mans that then became the American Le Mans series in 1999 and long story short, without all of that, we wouldn't be talking to you about this race now. And certainly I wouldn't have had the 25-year career that I have talking about motor racing in the US. And I have enjoyed every single minute of doing that. And so we owe a debt to Dr. Don Pinos and his vision and <laughs> his single-mindedness, i pick my words carefully there, of not taking no for an answer, and believing that he could make this work, and my goodness me, he did. And what we're seeing now is uh, certainly a legacy of that, and of course of Jim France. The two series came together in what was that, 13, 14, and uh, Imza and Grandam became the what was then the Tudor United Sportscar Championship, and has brought the whole of global sports car racing to a single class at the top. Those were the cars we were talking about earlier on. Piscar is in the pit lane and the rain is... Well, it's not too bad at various parts of the circuit, but it's still spitting on at others. And we're back to green flag racing with an hour and 22 and a half minutes to go. And Brian Sellers is the one who has to deal with the conditions because he's the leader, he'll get to them first. There are some wet weather grooved tyres on the tyre trolleys in the pit lane. What we don't have here, Jeremy, is what's called intermediate. It's either uh, slick tyres with no rain clearing, no water clearing ability, or it's the full wets.
3: Uh, that's right. So uh, they'll be hoping it stays dry. And certainly the uh, sun seems to come out again now. There are a few spots of rain, certainly, but uh, the, the uh, bright sunshine as. Uh, Brian Sellers leads the field up the hill for this uh, this restart and we're going to be hoping it stays like this for the next, what, hour or so hour and a bit more We've got hour and a half
0: yeah, one hour and 22 minutes when we went back green, side by side the inception, McLaren going uh, with uh, Bill Orbel there, Turner Motorsport I think making up a position yeah, Bill's gone through they came through on the start line the other way around, so Bill Auberlin pushing through, elbows out, and goes up into sixth overall and fourth in the GTD category. Mark Wilsurenson for part of the Racing Team. Having a look around the outside of I think that's Trent Hinman. Sounds like a Porsche. As he was looking around. Oh it was a Porsche. But it was in fact the 91 of Kai von Burlow, the Kenny Moss racing car. So Sorensen and von Buller. So that was Kai von Burlow trying to take a position and in fact taking a position. So that will change as they cross the line right now. He's got them in the 10th. The engine, note, right, just got the car wrong. Would have been easier from the outside because the uh, Volt car is a very bright yellow. Good restart from Brian Sellers. Ben Barnicott now behind the wheel of the number 14, Vassar Sullivan. Lexus in second, but leads GTD Pro ahead of the Corvette, just two tenths behind Jordan Taylor. Battles right the way through the field, Jeremy, as you would expect after the restart.
3: Yeah, absolutely right, and you talked about the uh, uh, Porsche the race before the race, uh, how important was track position going to be? Well, uh, apparently not very important for number 79, 9 or 23. I'm really surprised that they would have given up uh, all that position to fall right to the way back here. I can't see how that's going to work out in their favor, at the end of the race with the other two contenders in GTD Pro running second and third at the moment and and, and, well, yes, were second and third. Because there's a pass for the lead by uh, Ben Barnacott up at uh, turn 12 and the Corvette's going to follow him through as well.
0: That is not the worst thing for the BMW. Remember, they are in different classes. They can't go three wide through the roller coaster.
3: A, a oh, that Corvette's fast on the straights, isn't it? Oh, they wow. no, touch that. Wow, that Corvette was fast on the straights. What a great uh, late-breaking move there by Ben Barnigan on the outside line to maintain that lead. But that's certainly going to be a worry for the Lexus because that Corvette was seriously quick on the straight.
0: No DRS. or <laughs> any. anybody else, at least. Well, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, no uh, help for passing. No Super Mario speed-up. You have to plan and scheme. Use the haul in the air that the car in front is making. A little bit of drafting, a little bit of slipstream. Brian Sellers then down to third, but still leads in GTD. The problem is now, of course, he doesn't have his two tail gunners. And Robbie Fawley and Fred Chando are right there. And the Inception McLaren looking pretty racing as well. But yeah. Robbie Fawley moving through the field here for Turner Motorsport.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he took the restart there. It, it was number 70 car that was on the move. He got past number 12. Uh, Robbie Foley was ahead of that at the restart, uh, so it's been a really good first stint, a uh, good, good pit stop for that number 96 car that elevated it from what 11th place up to 6th up after the stops were completed, uh, and uh, Robbie Foley continuing that good work, he had a brilliant drive yesterday to finish second in the Mission Pilot Challenge race, despite the fact his co-driver crashed the car, what looked like fairly comprehensively. Um, in the relatively early stages, so it's been a really good weekend for Robbie Foley, and another strong run here again. Now, we can see now whether he put any pressure on Brian Sellers.
0: Share Adam in the pit lane with an opportunity to talk to some of the drivers who did the early stints.
2: All right, Russell Roard, race winner here a year ago, pole sitter here a year ago. How good is Phil Ellis in the rain? Is that what it's going to take you guys back to the top step? I mean, he's he's fantastic in the rain and it's definitely going to it's definitely going to help us. But I mean, we we we've, we've kind of split the strategy a little bit. And I, I think you know, we're going to rely on that and and see how the race unfolds. Good luck. Thank you.
0: So the number 57 Winward car currently sitting in 10th position, 8th in class. Phil Ellis uh, is a very capable racing driver. Just on an hour and 17 minutes to go. Still one pit stop, Jeremy. And what do we reckon these cars that can do? We haven't really had a full green flag stint, have we? Both of the stints have been interrupted. Um, Nice run uh, out of the oak tree to uh, rob Brian Sellers of the lead, or at least to relieve him of the lead. What do we reckon, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, do you think?
3: Yeah, they can do better part of an hour. I think uh, the uh, GTD cars and uh, so we're looking for a moment of the race at the end of it. If the Lexus wins it, that'll be it for me, if I remember, uh, because uh, that was a really late breaking move on the outside there by Ben Barnaker, enabled him, uh, enabled him to keep the lead, he maybe lost a little bit of momentum uh, coming out of the oak tree, having passed Uh, Brian Sellers for the lead of the race, but uh, it looked like he was going to fall back there. The Corvette seemed to be marching past him, but uh, really super late on the brakes was Barnecote. There he goes uh, from the onboard the Corvette. That was a brilliant move by Barnecote to maintain the lead or kind of regain the lead really, because it certainly lost it momentarily uh, to the Corvette. That was fun to watch.
0: Oh, no problem for the WeatherTech number 79 car. Ah. Smoke from the left rear. There's been contact there. And there's bodywork rubbing on the Michelin tyre at the left rear. Now, it's folded under. He's had a little bit of a tap from... From... behind. more than a little bit of a tap. It was uh, quite a bit of a thump, actually. That's the Faf Porsche that hit him, uh, that car, and... That is going to cause some issue for Jules Goudon. The worry is when the well, ideally, the bit of bodywork will flip off and disappear at the side of the track. The worry is when the the smoking stops uh, because it probably means it's worn through the tyre. Sure, Jules will be allowed to continue like that. risk control will be keeping an eye on it. The good news is the little splashes of rain have disappeared, and we're back to full dry around the track, really affect the lap times, it was what drivers often call psychological rain and as a motorcyclist I totally understand what they mean, when you see it on your windscreen and as a motorcyclist when I see it on my visor, uh, I immediately change my driving style, these guys are so good that they don't do that, they are feeling for the actual grip, not what their brain is telling them.
2: Adam, are we going to see the 79 car into the pit lane for WeatherTech? Yes, we are and I'm watching some bodywork being uncovered at FAF as well. They're possibly thinking about a new nose for the Porsche so I wonder how bad the damage is to that as well. I'll run out to the wall and look at the Porsche as it combusts by, but yes, the pit board is down for WeatherTech. They're going to do a splash of fuel while he's in, of course. Uh, That was quite a big hit there and I haven't...
0: Uh, oh, yes, it has been reviewed, no action. Um, I just wonder if, that, if the 79 car had been speared off into the, into the boonies, it's in the pit lane now, as happened to Scott Andrews yesterday in the, the pilot race, whether there would have been a different outcome from that. Um, because that was no less of a hit than we saw yesterday. They're going to have to do a bit of work on the left rear. She Adam is looking at a reasonable amount of bodywork damage on the left rear, Sure.
2: It is. This carbon's not going to peel off very easily. They're going to have to actually probably get a lump hammer out, actually, to knock it loose. It's worn around the inside shoulder of the left rear Michelin, so that will be a concern as well, because they're going to have to get in there to try and loosen up the carbon bits so that it doesn't do the exact same thing to a new Michelin. They have managed to pull out the biggest bit of carbon that hung off the bottom left of the splitter. Unfortunately, it's held on by a very big metal rod to the middle of the diffuser. That's going to take even more work, and a block is underneath the car. It's going to be staying here for a few minutes, gentlemen. This is our third place in the championship coming into today's race.
3: Yeah. And again, that, that, that decision to come in and make that pit stop, John, it's just surprised me. I mean, give up all that trap position, put yourself back there uh, in more danger for this sort of a contact. And it's come back to bite them in, in uh, the way is the way I look at it. Yeah, a couple of interesting things. Uh, Frederick Shandorf is really charging now. He's he's, he's overtaking Robbie Foley onto the tail now of Brian Sellers and a challenging for the lead in GTD third position overall. The Sellers can't, uh, can't stay with those two GGG pro cars at this stage in the race, at least. And Bill he has been moving forward as well, unsurprisingly. He's uh, got past uh, Aaron Tielitz, or oh, excuse me, Frankie Monte-Calvin is now in the 12 car. And oblin back up uh, uh, and chasing his teammate, Robbie
0: I think there might be a bit of suspension damage on the left rear of that WeatherTech car, third in the championship, as she mentioned, showing a little more camber than I would like to see, and I can see that with the naked eye, so there might be a lower control arm that's been bent or something like that. Driver stays in the car. schulte Nothing he can do. The door is open, so he gets a wee bit of fresh air through. But there was a a rueful shake of his head. And they're getting a pry bar and various things in there to try and clean uh, away the rear bodywork. It would have been better just to take the... Full whole rear uh, section off that car. The good news is I don't think it's damaged the undertray and therefore the diffuser. She, she is still looking uh, at that at the moment. There's no damage to the aerodynamic parts right underneath the back of the car shift.
2: No, no, the stuff that's in the middle is okay, but there is a piece that attaches from the left rear of the bumper, if you will, that is a bolt attached to the diffuser that is flopping around and I don't see how they would secure that well enough to be able to step back out on the track without just tearing it off now they're trying to pull more of the bits off now they're actually addressing the piece I was just talking about trying to rip it off of the metal bar they have now done that so that's good Here's two laps lost as uh, the leaders come to start finish and it I think if they can get that bar somehow into a position where the tech officials are happy with it they will be allowed to go back out with the car as it is now assuming that the suspension bits are all okay as you mentioned John
0: it was a technical official just giving the uh, rear aerodynamic underbody aerodynamics the diffuser a bit of a run and uh, that was looked okay shape not good
2: the michelin they just put back on was the michelin that brought the car in so i think this is going behind the wall
3: mm, Yeah, I mean, they're, pretty much, they're, they're out of contention now in any case unfortunately it's just a shame because they had a, a good strong weekend going they qualified on the front row of the grid it was all really looking pretty good, but all of a sudden now it isn't. Tell you who it is looking good for is uh, to talk about Frederick Shandolf, who's certainly making great progress and right on the tail now of Brian Sellers. Uh, also moving forward, Catherine Leg uh, up into eighth position now in the gradient racing Acura car number 66. She got past the number 32 uh, Michael Grenier team quarter of Mercedes a lap or so ago. It was really put a bit of daylight between herself and the Canadian uh, and behind them, there's a, that big, long train of cars all shuffling for positions. The guy's moving up now, uh, unlike number 23 car, is number nine. Klaus Backler's has made up th- four or five positions. He's up from 16th now to 11th in kind of a nine.
0: Well, Shilgunon did get a new left rear mission, and uh, he's come out. He's dropped a, a couple of laps to the leaders. Um, but he's heading up the hill now. Uh, into an ever darkening sky towards the southern end of the circuit, <laughs> still sunshine. Uh, track temperature at that. still around uh, right about 93 degrees, 88 Fahrenheit in the air. That's 31. And so she'll on back into the fight. Ben Barnicat leads by just six tenths of a second. The two GTD broadcasts, two yellow cars, two yellow and black cars actually front-engined V8 Lexus the oldest of the GTDs in terms of when it made its debut is battling against the youngest in this field the mid-engined Corvette C8R because that was never built as a GT3 car it was built as a GTE a GT Le Mans car and indeed won its class in the final ever outing for those cars at Le Mans last year in the hands of among with us at Ben Keating. Ben committed to IMSA for next year because he doesn't want to drive a GT3 in the World Endurance Championship. He's going to be driving. If you missed this news, big news actually, uh, last week. He's going to be driving for United Autosport in an LMP2 car. There'll be two United Autosports f- from the Anglo-American team. Dean and Zach Brown—they're setting up a satellite operation in the States to do a twin that pronged. His,
3: that was his dad. Was Anglo American Racing?
0: Yeah, but that's very good. That, I'm pleased you noticed that, Jeremy. Jeremy. Very good. the um, they are setting up a satellite operation even as we speak to have a twin pronged uh, attack at the big races in the USA in LMP2. And Ben Keating, I'm sure, hoping that he can do well enough in the early part of the season to justify an entry for him to Le Mans in LMP2, to, to see if he can win that as well as his uh, GT wins. Now, how long have we got left? Just on and 66 minutes to go. So round about another 10 or 15 minutes to get to the end.
3: Of this race. Okay. Right. And those two leaders continue to pull away from Brian there's A rate of about half a second a lap Barnick and Taylor pulling away from Sellers, who seems to weather the storm from Frederick shandorf who instead has those two tournament what BMWs to worry about. Uh, they're harrying him now for what is now fourth position on the road, second in GTD. Uh, and then uh, a little bit farther back is uh, Frankie Montecalvo, who's uh, doing a nice uh, middle stint here in that of Sullivan Lecter's running fifth in GTD. And uh, he is uh, a similar margin now for the last couple of three laps ahead of Catherine Leg uh, than it was before. And she is definitely edging away from that battle led by Mikel Grenier, which is pretty much, well, it is the rest of the field, <laughs> or nose to tail behind Grenier. And very consistent lap times, once again, by our race leader. Just around about 1 minute 46.0 within a tenth or two. There was a 45.5 a a little while ago, but settled into a pace now of around about 146 ish As I say, that 45.7 last time around, the fastest lap of the race was a 45.0. That was set by Jordan Taylor.
0: Still, they... Oh, the DTD fastest lap now in the hands of Turner Motorsports with a 145.585. 5.85. Um, I have to say, I didn't notice.
3: You did that right after the pit stop, session.
0: All right, OK, thank you, Jeremy. Good spot. I was about to say, I didn't notice when that happened, but uh, Jeremy did. Thank you for that. Heart of Racing battling with the 91 Porsche. Kai van Berlo and Marco Sorensen. Van Berlo, former Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup front runner. And we've got two of them in here. Kai van Berlo. Two of them this weekend, should I say, because uh, in this race this weekend, because Seb Prior, who won the championship, is a little bit further up the field for AO Racing. And the Pro-Am champion as well as she has just pointed out in my ear from Porsche Carrera Cup North America uh, Alan Mechnick in this race as well so that's proving to be good breeding ground for future talent side by side AMG Axon coming to the top of the roller coaster Windward Racing on driver's right off on driver's left that is the battle for 10th and 9th and Phil Ellis has gone past McGrenier and taking it, win would prevail and here comes Klaus Backler to join the battle as well behind him, Trent Hinman in the bright yellow number 77 and behind him is the Kelly uh, is the prior driven 8-all racing car that is Roxy this weekend and faff into the pit lane Klaus Backler, an hour and two minutes to go is that optimistic, Jeremy Shaw?
3: Uh, well, clearly, they they think not. Um, and uh, I certainly wouldn't have bat, uh, bet against the strategies there at FAF Motorsports. They've won this race the last two years in a row, so they know how to win it. Uh, and, uh, of course... Is, uh, if there is a full course caution, this will play directly into this number nine car's favour. Look, It was running back in the 11th position overall, so from that point, nothing to lose from by, by them. They're not going to make an awful lot of progress uh, from there, I don't think. So uh, right now, this is their, their best opportunity to get a strong result.
0: Shea Adams watching the stop, and they've gone all in, Shea. They
2: did. Fuel and four tyres, leaving Klaus Backler behind the wheel. They did put a little bit of tape on the damage to the right front of that car. No change of a bumper though, and that has triggered a bunch of other stops and a bunch of other people up on the wall ready to receive the cars. They will be coming in next lap around too.
0: This may well set off a whole domino effect, getting your last pit stop in first. If there is a safety car, always seems to be the best thing to do we've seen people charge through the field as other cars have to stop and for the moment I'm just talking here they come here they come Brian Sellers is the first to react the leader in GTD also Robbie Foley from second in GTD Paul Miller and Turner have come to the pit lane Shea Adam
2: for Robbie Foley, it's going to be fuel and tires only. For Paul Miller, a driver change. Madison Snow started the race. He will also finish it. He saw this strategy deployed by them at Road America. It wound up in a victory. So Paul Miller Racing looking to do that again. Fuel and four tires for Madison. We also have the number 12 Lexus into the pit lane. Aaron Tielitz started this race. He will finish it. I feel like I just said that. I- will be fuel and four tires for the Lexus and also into the pits the number 27 heart of racing Aston Martin this is the GTD car this one had the fuel flow sensor issue in the first stop there's no way for them to address that so expect to see potentially another penalty for them after this stop as well they kind of have their heads down a little bit because of that fuel and four tires with Marcos Sorenson taking it to the checkered flag
3: Number 12 car, Aaron Thielitz getting back aboard that uh, car from Frank, Frank in Monte who's done his middle stint in this race.
0: Uh, and don't forget, we will see a driver. Not everybody will be doing driver changes here, but we know one car that will have a driver change. Oh, actually, no, we won't because it's not going to come back in. Misha Goitberg, I was going to say, will hand back over. But of course, we lost that car with its cutout problem early on. Very bizarre, the Lamborghini Huracan out of the race. Heavy impact at the top of the roller coaster. Before that, another heavy impact. Brought out the first full course yellow. That was the Kelly Moss with Riley. David Brurley driven Porsche number 92. Both drivers find both cars a little the worse for wear. The pit stops continue. Should be the last pit stop for Corvette in this race. Jordan Taylor is in the lane with Shea Adam.
2: And he will be going back out. Up- Racetrack because he's taking the car to the flag. Oh, sticker Michelin tires going on that number three Corvette. A lot of fuel. Four tires for them, by the way. Four tires as well for the McLaren, which is doing its service right now. Frederick Shandorf getting an icy new drinks bottle. Also into the pit lane, we have Bill Oberlin. Of course, he's staying aboard in the number 97 Turner Motorsport BMW. Four- STICKER TIRES FOR BOTH HE AND Catherine LEG, ALTHOUGH IT LOOKS LIKE THERE'S SOMETHING GOING ON BECAUSE THE DRIVER'S SIDE DOOR IS OPEN ON THE NUMBER 66 ACURA. THAT IS SHEENA MONK. Drinks bottle change, but she is not getting back aboard that car. So that's just teammate being very useful to the teammate. Winward and Cawthorpe Mercedes, both in the lane. Wow, Auberlin beats out McLaren. McLaren has to give way because they are in the transition lane. McLaren does not want to yield, and at the very last second gives way to Bill Auberlin, who now is in second, but will have to cede that position to his sister car. Cawthorpe came in, four tires and fuel. Windward came in, four tires and fuel. Wright came in four tires and fuel. Everybody is ready for this one.
0: Look like Catherine Legg has dropped behind Phil Ellis and Seb Prio as she went out of the pit lane. I'll confirm that as she goes through. Ben Barnegut leading the motor race in the number 14, Vasser Sullivan Lexus, but owes us a pit stop. Kaifan Burlow. best of the GTD cars in the 91, the dark-coloured Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche. And here comes the leader to the pit lane. This is the last of the pit stoppers now. Have they got this right? Or has the additional performance of the cars that stopped early and that new tyre performance, all that new tyre feel, is that going to cost them the lead? Hey, share Adam.
2: The crew jumps off the wall. They do the right rear and the left front tyre change. From- As new Michelin's going on to both of those. Then they'll run around and do the opposite corners. The Corvette crew is watching the Lexus crew. I mentioned to Ben Barnacott earlier in our countdown to green how they have changed up how they do their pit stops. That was pretty quick. He said it was a necessity of a crew member on the sister car not actually being able to be here this weekend. Revving the engine is Ben Barnacott waiting for the last little bit of fuel to go in. And he stalls it, he stalls it, leaving the box. They did not clean the windshield on that. They were so focused on everything. Now, Ben is out and rolling. Where is the Corvette? There's the Corvette. He's out, but the Corvette is up to speed. Jordan Taylor to the lead.
0: Goes round the outside into turn number one. It was gonna be close anyway, even if there hadn't been that little stutter. And the Corvette then takes the, effective lead of the race in fact it is the lead of the race and that's what we talk about Jeremy when we talk about that additional performance from the new tyres, one or two laps even only on a three and a quarter mile circuit that's why it's so dangerous to stay out, This the safety car implication but also that extra performance from the car that stopped a lap or two earlier
3: Yeah, I think yeah, I think without that, uh, that stall, I think he would have been okay, but uh, it, was a, it, it cost him several seconds there, uh, and uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, it was certainly a great outlap, I think, there, from the, from the Corvette, which has been fast all race long. Uh, he, re, he, he knew what he had to do there, did uh, Jordan Taylor. Uh, takes the advantage of those uh, fresh tyres, and he's got the lead now, and I don't think the Corvette's going to give it up. I really don't.
0: Well, what we've got is a fantastic 56 minutes. Or thereabouts, as the car came down off the jacks, the Corvette was already on the front straight, and Jordan Taylor sweeps to the lead as Ben Barnicat emerges from the pit lane and has turned that into what three, four-second lead as they come round to complete the lap. Let's see as they come across the line. The line is at the end of the pit lane. There goes Jordan Taylor, a 1.45 4 for him. Ben Barnicard, three call at three and three quarter seconds. And the fastest lap of his race for Brian Sellers, who holds on to the GTD lead. 1.45 4. There's going to be a penalty for the inception racing uh, uh, number 70. Working under the car while refuelling—that is a no-no. It will be just a drive-through, and that is such a shame, Jeremy, for Inception Racing. They've—they've they've driven and fought their way up into third position. Sheer Adam, uh, what was going on there to get that penalty? That's an unusual one.
2: So what happened was we were doing the tire change and the wheel nut came out of the gut and rolled underneath the car. One of the mechanics dove underneath the car to get it back. Johnny Knott saw that, calls a penalty. They were refueling. They had somebody underneath the car. And if they had dropped the car at that given time, would have squished their mechanic. That is an absolute no-no and a drive-through penalty.
0: And it's why all of the team members normally have an additional center lock wheel nut uh, on their belts and you just leave that on the ground and you pull the other one off and use the new one it costs you a second but it's not as much as a drive through and that has big implications in the Bob Aiken award for this year uh, as Brendan Areeb and Sheena Monk are battling for that and as I said Jeremy such a shame for Inception because they have raced their way genuinely up to third position in that McLaren
3: very very true it'd been a great run for them i mean they lost out one position on that pit stop in any case to the uh, number uh, 96 car uh, of uh, robbie foley but uh, yeah it had been a great run and that's going to be a, a major disaster for them of course that's the car that's currently lies uh, third in the points uh, fourth yeah third in the points table uh it's about 130 points behind the uh, aston martin car number 27 but it's going to pick up a good amount of ground with that guy this race running down in 10th position marco Sorensen at the wheel
0: in comes the Inception McLaren, and that front straight at the pit lane speed limit that will feel very long indeed for Fred Shandoff. Drop down to, all right, an 11th or 12th position, 14th overall. That's going to make him 11th, I think, in GTD. That's a big, big move. And our Porsche keys to the race admission Michelin Countdown to Green. No penalties. Seems a small thing, but these are, genuine. genuinely speaking, in the pit lane. Any penalties that you get are safety-related. It is one of the most dangerous parts of the racetrack, of course, when the cars are together. And particularly when you've got the mechanics working on them and a lot of these rules, as that one that we've uh, just heard shake Explain to us that is very much safety related and by the way we always say thank you to our safety teams and course workers thank you to our pit lane team as well and indeed all of our IMSA officials they are outstanding in A, doing their jobs and keeping everybody safe but also in giving us the information that we need whether that's coming from race control and I'll add Nate Seaborn into that as well for the flow of information, and Lee Triggers, who passes us the statistical information, but also the Johnny Knotts and his hard-working pit lane team always make themselves available and uh, are happy to have us ask them questions. And if they don't know the answer, and if they've got the time, they'll find out for us with a quick radio message. So thanks to all of our friends down there. It's like the big circus coming to town every couple of weeks, isn't it? That's why we love uh, being on site. We'll see you all at uh, Matul Patilamon. So sorry that uh, we can't be with you at Indianapolis. Was looking forward to that one this year. Madison Snow back into the number one BMW, so at that last stop Brian Sellers got out, Madison Snow got back in and why not Jeremy, because the young man from Utah has proved his worth and uh, my goodness mate. for a non-pro driver he's a effectively a freelance uh, IT specialist and consultant and comes to the racetrack for a a little bit of uh, a release and works 40 hours a week if he can and then comes to the racetrack and plies his thread here as well and doing a good job again as his cat leg as his cat leg as well it has to be said slow pit stop for that car that's dropped them back a little bit
3: Yeah, dropped back a long way, running eighth before the round of pit stops, now in 13th, so across the five places for Catherine, but other than that, it's been a really, really strong run for that car, and she's uh, not giving up, she's right behind Marco Sorensen in the uh, Harder Racing Aston car number 27, and currently lies second in points in GTD.
0: Just a a couple of points on that, Uh, the 66 car needed to take a wee bit more uh, fuel, I think, than the cars that came in at the time, that's what the team are saying. Uh, And also, um, Brian Sellers out of the car now. um, But he wasn't feeling great. And so that's why Madison's back in to take that car at the end. Uh, To be honest, um, I'm not sure the the pace of that car. This is no disrespect at all to Brian, he's one of the quickest drivers out there. But the way Madison's come on in the last 18 months or so, um, that car is not going to suffer pace-wise. At all, he was able to mix it for pace at least over a single lap with the GTD pros in qualifying and a 146-6 last time around. But he's gonna have to match Robbie Foley, he's got four seconds on him at the moment. And Robbie took about four tenths of a second out of him last time. He's also got Phil Ellis and Aaron Teelitz running in the 45s and the high 46s, trying to close down on them. There, another six seconds or so further back behind bill oberlin so that's about another nine seconds further back that battle for gtd jeremy's heating up nicely
3: well actually uh, managed to his lead last lap in actual fact uh but um it, it's uh oh yes yeah he did yeah uh so uh yeah what's what well, i'm looking at also is that gap to the, at the front of the field it was 3.7 seconds on the lap after Barnekert came out of the pit lane. He set the new fastest lap of the race, uh, go, a new lap record a couple of laps ago. Well, 44.916 for that Lexus uh, and each last couple of laps, he's pulled in in by uh, two or three tenths of a second. So we're going to have to watch that one at the front. Madison Snow last time around was, um, yeah, again, just a little bit quicker than Robbie Foley. Uh, who is uh, edging, was who, who being caught just a tiny bit, uh, uh, just a tiny bit actually by uh, uh, a guy called Bill Oblin who's got a little bit of experience in BMWs.
0: Well, Shea Adam had uh, remembered that Faf, the number nine car, in eighth position at the moment and Klaus Bachler was the first car to make its quote-unquote final pit stop. I think I said it was about an hour and six minutes when it came in, it will have spent a minute or so in the pit lane she's been down to ask are they going to be okay on fuel and share what is the answer to that because if they're okay on fuel pretty much everybody should be okay on fuel
2: yep they're good on fuel so they're going to the end of this one they are not worried at all
3: mm, okay well yeah, that sounds about right
2: it would have been
0: just over an hour wouldn't it by the time they got back out again and as uh Shay mentioned there they were the first in So that should mean we've got a proper fight to the finish. Fred Shandoff looking at the back of the Mark Mossorensen-driven Hartner racing car. This is the battle for 10th and 11th at the moment. It goes to the inside. Here he comes, makes the pass into the braking area at the top of turn 13 and into 14 at the roller coaster. Fred Shandoff then up into the top 10 in GTD.
3: Yeah, and on the previous lap, he's moved past the other Aston Martin as well of uh alex riveras the gcd pro car so those astons really struggling this weekend they had that bounce performance streak. They lost some uh, turbo boosts uh, a good bit of horsepower and that's costing them quite quite clearly here uh the mclaren was a lot quicker on the straights there and able to make that pass pretty pretty comfortably uh, catherine leg by the way also got past number 27 car a couple laps ago so she's gonna have to put her foot down to uh, stave off that uh, very very quick mclaren she is uh, making some ground toward Trent Hinman, We're currently now in 12th position for Catherine Legan at Gradient Acura.
0: Spot on, 45 minutes to go now. So coming up to two hours having been completed. Jordan Taylor leads Ben Barnicott, Corvette ahead of Vassa Sullivan, 2.4 seconds. Here's the gap at the front of the field. Aaron Teelitz trying to chase down Winwood Racing's Phil Ellis. Uh, is Winwood's look finally going to change? It uh, had a reasonable run of results, but by no means what they were expecting. They were hoping to be championship challengers this year. Coming down through to the final corner now. Notice the drivers are taking a wee bit more kerb now and trying to push the envelope, saving the cars perhaps as much as they were early on. Good news is that the little splash of rain that we had had about uh, 55 0 minutes ago has blown through. Didn't really wet, wet the track. Just checking... Uh, the battles down through the field and see we well, that lapping in high 45s, low to mid 46s, Jeremy that's a, a decent spread Sorensen just outside of that on a 47-2 last time around and Jill Gounon on a 47 flat, those are the two slight outliers there but the rest of the field, that being in about, within round about a second from the high 45s to the mid to high 46s
3: yeah absolutely right it's the, the two Aston's are certainly struggling though uh, this weekend and particularly so it's in the race uh, with uh, neither of them really making any forward, forward progress at all uh, and losing positions here and there We uh, talked about the uh, windward mercedes he's got aaron Tielitz, uh phil Ellis does on his uh, rear bumper or five or six car lengths back perhaps uh sets the battle for fourth and fifth now and they're they're losing ground just a little bit to Belobolin and well the three BMWs ahead of them, but only a tenth or two per lap. Meanwhile, the uh, the race leader Jordan Taylor lapping very very consistently, high 45s by nearly 1.5.8 last time around, and pretty much the same times now for Ben Barnicott in that second place Lexus.
0: So where are the battles Catherine Leg now just three quarters of a second behind Trent Hindman, she's been taking two or three tenths, four tenths last time around out of the bright yellow white motorsport vault racing car former teammates there in eighth and ninth and she's still pushing forward there's a whole gaggle of Porsches ahead of her, one, two, three, four Porsches ahead of her, and it's target acquired for Catherine Legg, former open-wheel star, of course, still yet to fulfil her big dream of going to Le Mans, and competing there. I have a suspicion she'll get there. Um, if she, a force of will, would do it, she <laughs> would have been there already, to be honest. Great character. Yeah.
3: Wasn't she going to drive a P2 car a couple of years ago, was it? Uh, she, when uh, she had her
0: accident? She had the accident at Ricard yeah, and uh, brought the sure. leg. Uh, yeah. Quite a nasty injury, actually, but uh, in typical Catherine, Catherine leg style, bounced back from that, has become one of the, dare I say it, and she's going to punch me in the arm the next time I say this, but senior figures now in the IMSA paddock in terms of experience. I'm in trouble now, aren't I, for seeing that? Uh, and... In terms of experience, uh, I, I said, it. They're uh, driven GT cars, fought for championships in that category, and is not only furthering her own career at the moment, but being instrumental, Jeremy, in mentoring and bringing on Sheena Monk over the last couple of seasons or so. And that's good to see as well.
3: It is, isn't it? I remember when uh, she first started doing Lamborghini, she got some had some coaching from Catherine uh, and uh, is doing so again now. There's a nice move for Seb Prio. He'd be closing in on uh, Klaus Backler over the last several laps. and now makes that move <laughs> for well, his eighth position overall. So, Sorry. With Seb Prio there making his mark.
0: Yeah, Seb Prior there, uh, the man from the Channel Islands, the Guernseyman, fourth generation uh, racing driver, and uh, went through past Klaus Backler, um, I don't know whether Klaus is well Klaus is on a slightly different strategy remember they pitted very early so I don't think he made it that difficult for the other Porsche to go through and so as Seb oh, w- that. went through yeah um, but as Seb went through Seb obviously felt he'd been uh, helped along they just flashed his four ways as he went through <laughs> two flashes of them just as you would do out on the highway if somebody uh, lets you in or uh, uh, into the traffic line so A little bit of courtesy there from the two Porsche drivers. Hello there, Andy and Joanne, Seb's parents. uh, Watching on uh, from home. Uh, What a season, uh, what a couple of seasons Sebastian has had, Seb. Uh, Where will he turn up next year? Multimatic contracted driver for GT3s and GT4s next year. As well, of course, am I putting two and two together and making 5.0? Possibly, not sure about that, but he's certainly not doing himself any harm in getting this experience, more experience of the American tracks after being a champion in the Porsche Carrera Cup, the Deluxe Carrera Cup North America. Another young driver coming into the American Le Mans series to make a career in this sport under 40 minutes to go now jeremy
3: yeah indeed and uh, it's uh you know stalemate at the front they're the two jordan taylor and ben barnacott pretty much trading lap times uh, the leading corvette staying about 2.4 seconds 2.5 it was last time around between himself and alexis in second position uh, and then they're they're edging away from Madison Snow, a about three or four tenths of a second a lap on a pretty consistent basis. The app from Madison Snow to Robbie Foley is uh, staying around about the same. It's gone out by about a second over the course of the last eight laps, so that's maybe a tenth or so um, a lap. Uh, Bill Obenen is definitely getting a little bit closer to Robbie Foley, uh, but n- now be within three and a half seconds. Uh, and then they're pulling away just uh, slightly from Phil Ellison and Arantini to continue their battle. And now we'll see whether Seb Priya, having got past Klaus Backler, can, can haul in that battle for 6th and 7th overall, 4th 5th in GTD.
0: Uh, behind Trent Hinman, Catherine Legg, and Fred Shandoff. In fact, Shandoff's gone through, came up very quickly to the back of the Acura and has gone straight by. And the yellow Porsche just ahead of them is the next car up the road, Cat had been within three quarters of a second of Hinman, dropped back to about a second and a half, the Inception McLaren's gone through, can't, Well, I hope that it, it's not because Cat's either got a problem or is having to save fuel, a little bit of a mistake up at Oak Tree I'm hearing, Catherine went a tiny little bit wide, Shandorf needing no second invitation, actually probably didn't need a first invitation knowing Fred, but a very, very, a very, very uh, fair driver. Catherine Catherine not been able to stay with that car, may have dirtied up the tyres a wee bit. and Chandoff is closing on the Volt Racing Porsche, there's four Porsches from Eighth in class up to Prior in the bright pink number eighty in sixth. Ah yes, because there's Klaus Backler in there as well. I was just thinking my arithmetic didn't work there. So that's eighth overall to eleventh overall are all Porsche's. And Shandov gaining on them. Jordan Taylor for Porsche. Well for Porsche for Corvette will complete another lap, 2.6 seconds, the lead last time around over Ben Barnekid. Feels there's just a a little bit of a holding pattern at the moment whilst everyone works out what performance they have in the tyres. They shouldn't have any fuel issues, shouldn't have any fuel issues. That doesn't mean that they can go full-rich to the end of the race, though, Jeremy. And it might be that these drivers are just being asked to make a fuel number now so that they can turn things up for the last laps of the race.
3: Yeah, conceivably so, certainly. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see that, but uh, remarkably consistent lap time from Jordan Taylor between uh, 45.8 and 46.0 at last lap, that last lap. Uh, all of the last ten laps have been pretty much identical. So. Uh, He's doing a really nice job. Each last three laps, he's pulled away a tenth of a second over Ben Barnicutt, but it's still only 2.7 seconds between first and second. So uh, Barnicutt certainly not out of it yet with 35 minutes remaining in this race. And as you say, just maybe looking after things at this stage, and perhaps he can go for a charge later on. He has set the fastest lap of the race, has Ben Barnicutt, by less than a tenth of a second over the Corvette.
0: And we've got a car off the circuit, it's the of Racing 23 Aston Martin, that's at NASCAR Turn 3, NASCAR bend at Turn 3, he's found the track again, I think there was a slight brush on the right hand side, that was Alex Riberas, uncharacteristic and very unusual, mistake by Alex, actually I'm going to take that back I don't think he did get all the way to the tyre barrier, normally would have expected to see the right-hand mirror which sticks out from the door just a little bit, it's a work of aerodynamic art actually the way that is on the door, you'd expect to see that wiped off if he got to the tyre wall, the V8 twin turbo car, V8 turbo engine pulling nicely down the back straight now not the weak end as I said earlier on for either of those cars, he's dropped now back behind Marco Sorensen and let's see, well he was in traffic with his teammate as he came through he's had a little bit of help and it wasn't a lot but it was just enough to put him onto the dirt and then Got a little bit of a swapper on where the front and the back decided where they were going without much input from Alex. And I think that was uh, Mick Grenier in the court of Motorsport AMG who came up the inside and just gave him a little bit of hip and shoulder. Again, tiniest of bump. Nowhere near the sort of hit that we saw from the FAF Motorsport Porsche onto the back of the WeatherTech AMG earlier on. But just because of where it was, it's uh, put him off the circuit. all started back at Turn 1 when uh, Shandoff went down the inside. That was a couple of laps previous to that, I think.
3: Uh, That was a while ago.
0: Yeah, Shandoff had already been off on the circuit, but that was uh, the same two cars. Uh, actually, no, that was bat- battling with Sorensen, that was. That wasn't battling uh, with the 23 car. So you're right, Jeremy, that wasn't the same incident. But uh, court- the court of car has got a little bit of grass in the gaping front air intake. New version of that car coming soon. The street car being, uh, being shown recently, being announced recently. Uh, right, before things... Before we get into the last half hour, uh, let's pick up some driver interviews down in the pit lane. We haven't heard uh, from the drivers for a wee while. They're coming back to the pit lane now after their stitch. Jack Hawksworth has taken the time to speak to Shea Adam over at Lexus.
2: All right, Jack, we've got a situation right now where you guys are P2. You don't need to win this race, but you want to. So how hard is Ben going to push?
4: Well, I mean, we want to win this race. Obviously, the guys we're fighting for the championship are leading at the minute, so uh, he's going to give everything he's got. He'll never give up. Uh, Pretty frustrating uh, way to obviously lose the lead, but, um, yeah, we're going to keep fighting. I know Ben Ben won't give up here. He's going to give it everything he's got. Um, And, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe we get some rain, some weather, something like that. Guys have been mega all weekend, and Ben's got his head down, and he's, he's getting after him now. So, fingers crossed, we can make something happen.
2: Gap's starting to close. Good luck.
4: Thank you. Cheers. I lost that lead to
0: Jordan Taylor earlier in the pace and Jordan's just holding that gap around about two and a half seconds at the moment at IMSA radio hashtag Michelin PRT for our post race tech questions points are rising and with half an hour to go Shea and Jeremy going to start you thinking, I'm not going to ask you yet, but I'm going to start you thinking about our BDO Nose Strategy Awards for the single team that you think have uh, played their cards most effectively in terms of the strategic nature of this race, not very many people have done anything tremendously funky So I'll take your nominations in uh, around about 10 or 15 minutes and then we'll make a decision before the check-in flag. Lovely trophy plus a donation to one of the uh, IMSA charities of the choice of the team. Most recently I noticed that Kelly Boss had uh, nominated the Austin Hatcher Foundation to take their uh, allocation and, uh, lovely thing for Andy and Victoria to do thank you to BDO not only for supporting our teams and supporting IMSA but also the uh, IMSA charities as well with the BDO knows strategy award Hinford and Shandorf let battle commence Jeremy as they go through a dust storm up towards turn numbers 11 and
3: 12. Uh, I
0: think that uh, that would have been the Fafkar car ahead of them, who was throwing up all of that dirt. Klaus Backler, yeah,
3: who'd just been overtaken by uh, Kai Van Berlo. So Van Berlo up to ninth position. Klaus Backler uh, losing his second position in the last uh, six laps. Uh, and. Uh, ah. And there goes Trent him as well. because it was the other way around. Uh,
0: that was uh, Sharndorf drafting and powering by with that McLaren. Oh, right. Made that look very easy indeed. The uh, McLaren 720S GT3 EVO to give it its full title. Uh, that is uh, a very sleek and very quick machine perhaps not had the representation or indeed the success down through the years that their products might have expected from their products here in IMSA, but Inception have been a long-time exponent and customer and have stuck with the brand, helped them develop one or two of the cars as well over here. And... Uh, paying off today with fred shandorf has been quick every time he's been in that car up to eighth in class now i have a suspicion that that three and a half seconds between him and Klaus Backler will disappear very quickly indeed (laughs) because he was a second quicker on the last lap even accounting for the pass that he made jeremy
3: yeah indeed so i mean he's been uh, one of the quickest cars on track all the way through this race with fred shandorf without that penalty uh, he'd be uh, right up at the well, he was right up at the sharp end in second position after that round. Of, not the uh, the earlier round of pit stops so uh, he's uh, he's certainly got a fast car and he's now he's making up uh, somewhat for that penalty but he's not going to get back up but uh, to toward the sharp end again but i think he'll make short worth of backlash it really seems to be struggling of late
0: just letting you know letting us know from race control that uh, tap from the court of AMG that pushed the Aston Martin from part of racing off was reviewed. no action from race control coming down to 26 minutes remaining I just wonder what um, I just wonder Jeremy what uh, effect that big hole in the front of Klaus Backler's car is having on the Motul driveway Porsche from Pfaff it, it can't be aerodynamically efficient, so it's probably dragging him back just a little bit. And I just wonder if there was any other damage sustained there at the front end because there's not enough time here to, to redo casters, cambers or, or string the car up. Uh, and and look at how the suspension is set up around here. So if it did, they're just going to have to live with it, aren't
3: they? They are. Yeah, not much they can do about it at this stage in the game with uh, 25 minutes remaining so, so no it's it's that that's it uh do the best he can with it and look he's in, in a pretty comfortable third position in the class this class back i don't think they've got any danger of, of well they haven't really got any danger of unless something goes drastically wrong be caught uh, by the aston martin which is clearly struggling for pace and of course the mercedes uh racing is a couple of laps behind after that uh, earlier problem that they had so uh, they're looking at third which, was by <laughs> which was caused point, by that car, which was caused by that car. So good point. Good, yeah. point, good point, good point. I'm just looking at the uh, the leaders again. I talked about uh, Jordan Taylor being incredibly consistent at the front of the field, of doing uh, high 45s. Last uh, three or four laps have been in the 46s, mid 46s at that, but uh, Ben Barnick has, has uh, slipped into a similar pace as well. So um, that's uh, curious to see.
0: She Adam has been talking to the FAF team about that number nine car. And uh, can add to what we were talking about there, shit. Do they have a problem? He's close can- struggling.
2: Well, yes he is because he's got a fine hole in the right front of the car and that has eliminated all of the, the downforce that the car naturally produces on that edge of the car. So it's not that the tires are wearing in any particular way. It's just that the car itself can't produce what it's meant to.
0: It's, it's uh i mean these are gt3 cars uh, and people will be saying hang on a minute these are near shore room stock cars well they aren't they are designed and uh, absolutely uh, conceived as racing cars that look vaguely like they're going cousins and downforce on a gt3 car is very much a part of the performance equation And to lose a lump of the front end of that car, and worse still actually, to have the airflow going through that front bumper area and through the splitter, instead of uh, around the front wheel and being managed around and through the car and under the car, that's what's going to be giving Klaus his problems we've talked in the past about how much difference the very tiny, what, inch and a half, two inch rubber strip that is on the bottom of the 911 Porsche Carrera Cup cars and how much difference that makes if it gets pulls off, pulled off with a, a run through a gravel trap or the grass and I've seen people completely run through a set of tyres in three or four laps and be five or six laps, uh, five or six seconds a lap off, uh, off the uh, ultimate pace with those cars well it's the same you can't lose that amount of bodywork without having a problem hello to colette godfrey who's listening in at the moment another fan of imsa racing not sure where you are colette uh, in the world at the moment thank you for spending some time it's another colette is another catherine leg fan. She's up in Canada, Clarington, Ontario. Thank you, Colette, for your tweet to us at IMSA Radio. Don't forget the hashtag, MichelinPRT. Check the flag ends the race, but when it starts our conversation, we'll so run through your points arising. rising. Any questions you've got about anything you've seen this weekend or IMSA racing in general? Well, about 15 minutes ago here, Adam, I said st- to start thinking about our BDO nose strategy nominations. Who have you come up with? Just one uh, for this uh, for this one. So uh, what have you got and why?
2: For that racing, they got to the lead of the race by pitting before the 14 Lexus and doing a stop that was slightly faster. So clearly they know something about racing.
0: Yeah, I- I'll give you that. That was the... Uh the performance potential jeremy that we talk about and uh, getting that the tyres up the temp and, and coming through no strategy award the bto award jeremy what are you what are you looking at throughout the 19 cars that started 17 remaining
3: i've got to agree with shay i mean no one's pulled anything tried anything particularly different in this race pretty much everybody's running the same sort of strategies i mean to come in within a lap or two all the way through the race so, uh, yeah, uh, that, but that stop uh, coming in a lap soon has certainly helped uh, and has uh, given opportunity, because it, it was helped even more when Ben Barnick had stalled the car leaving the pit lane. But look, uh, there's been nothing else to, to my mind that's been particularly striking during this race. Uh, the turn the Turner most sport BMWs, certainly they made up ground during each of the pit stops. So, so uh, something uh, certainly, whether that was pit work or whether that was uh, in and out laps. I don't really know because it's hard to say, but um, the, the the only other option for that uh, BDO No Strategy Award for me would be Turner Motorsport for both of their cars, which which uh, made up ground during each of the rounds of pit stops, well, certainly the first one.
0: In a two-hour and forty-minute race, all right, we've had a couple of safety cars. One of them, uh, quite, long, uh, the, the Actually, of them quite long for the the clear-ups. Actually, both quite long for the clear-ups. Well done to the. Uh, Safety teams for for getting it done so quickly because they have a quite major incident This has been Jeremy a race where very small differences have made the difference and and just that lap or extra couple of laps To get the Michelin tires up the temperature and Jordan Taylor doing his bit coming out uh, Antonio Garcia doing his bit going in uh, and yes, there was a little fumble by Vassar Sullivan but there wasn't from Corvette So the strategy call was right, and then they executed. And and that's all you can do, Jeremy, from the wall, uh, on the pit lane, and indeed in the car.
3: Completely agree. Completely agree. And that's why I concur with uh, with that call.
0: Well, we'll confirm that in a few minutes or so. We've still got 20 minutes to go. But uh, leading the way at the moment, Corvette Racing in our BDO NOS Strategy Award and they are controlling this race at the moment. That is the other thing, three seconds. been hovering around two and a half, three seconds for quite some time. We've been green flag racing for a tad under an hour at the moment. Shouldn't have said that, should I? Hashtag blame Hindhoff, obviously, if it all goes horribly wrong. Shea Adam was in my ear almost before I'd said that. what we could do with something like
3: that to, to liven up <laughs> because <laughs> there's not a lot going on. It's- it's pretty much stalemate all the way through the field. The only guys that are making any progress really are Seb Prio, who is closing on Aaron and is now within a second of the number 12 Lexus in, the, in uh, Roxy, the uh, best places of the Porsches in this race. Done a really nice job, actually. Uh, and uh, the other guy who's making progress, of course, is Frederick Schandorf, who has, uh, I think, just got past Klaus Backler, so up inside the top 10 again overall for the Inception Racing McLaren
0: another team who have done their jobs to the best of their uh, ability and as i said there's been uh, jeremy's quite right to say there's not been much in it madison snort leads gtd let's not for- forget about paul miller racing brian sellers doing yeoman's work in the middle of the race while it's not feeling very well and madison called on to finish the race seven seconds the gap now to Robbie Foley and that's that's yeah. gone out since Madison yeah. got in the car it's it's not been huge amounts, it's been a tenth here two tenths there couple of more tenths the next time around but he's built up a decent gap now Jeremy.
3: Indeed so yes he has, he's uh, pretty comfortable there and uh, the, all three BMWs are separated by kind of a similar sort of range, six, seven four, five, six seconds uh, between each of them so uh you know, for a while there bill oblin was closing a bit on robbie foley that's uh, no longer the case the gap has it's been about four and a half seconds well, it's four and a half seconds on lap 53 between the two turn most sport bmws and here on lap 70 it's the same so uh yeah they're, they're running very very equal pace and robbie foley uh, boy he's just learned so much from bill oblin he'll be yeah. thrilled with his performance here he he, he saw bill Perhaps you know, for, for, for a little while, he got within 3.4 seconds. He closed in a second or so, and he's weathered that storm and uh, just put his head down and driven uh, an, another excellent race for the young New, New Jersey man.
0: Yeah, and our Porsche keys to the race. Stay out of the penalty box. Generally speaking, the guys at the front of the field have managed to do that track position uh, i think probably has played a bigger part than anything else here it it hasn't been door-to-door wheel-to-wheel style racing but it is still for me fascinating to see the relative pace of these cars and in some ways you might almost say jeremy that the guys who do the bop have done such a good job it is exceptionally hard to make up any ground if you lose a little bit in the pits if you get caught up behind someone as you're on your in lap or your out lap or you don't get your tyres warmed up the right way on the out lap no tyre warmers here it's exceptionally difficult uh, even with these good drivers and even with a relatively low traffic density to actually make up any time.
3: Uh, True that uh, yes no question about it Uh, the the only criticism there, perhaps, is that the Aston Martin certainly been, appeared to be put out of the game all of a sudden here. I mean, they uh, brilliant performances each to win each last two races. And this weekend they've been absolutely nowhere. And uh, yeah, they, they took about uh, I think it was nine nine was the, uh, the BOP change. It was nine uh, kilowatts I think, which is sort of 12 horsepower or so, which is that's a lot, isn't it?
0: Mm. Two Porsches having a battle and this is for overall position. Trent Hinman and Klaus Backler. Klaus solidly in a podium position in GTD Pro. Trent in ninth position in GTD, uh, 11th and 12th overall. So a little bit of uh, Porsche honour here as they come out of the Oak Tree corner.
3: Yeah, he's really struggling, is Klaus Backler.
0: Yeah. Can't get the front end of that car turned. And. That damage on the right front has really yeah. hamstrung their race. Ran into the back of the uh, WeatherTech Racing Mercedes hard enough to have that car come into the pit lane with damage to the left rear bodywork, which was catching on their Michelin tyre. And hasn't really helped the Porsche either. I meant to ask you, shit, actually, when um, the right car came in... Um, was there any thought of them changing that front bumper or, or is it not, not the bumper that's damaged, if you see what I mean?
2: Uh, when FAF came in, you mean, yes, yes, there was thought of it beforehand. They got a new bumper ready, but when they came in to do the service, there wasn't time enough and they didn't want to delay the car any further, so they did not do any work to the car.
0: I think they might be rethinking that now, to be honest. More dust on the exit of NASCAR bend as the pass has been made by the bright yellow vault racing trent hinman driven porsche and immediately he pulls out four five six ten cars lengths and heads up the climbing s's through the snake and up to turn seven at the front of the field in that little ebb and floor it is Ben Barnigan who's just closed in half a second maybe on the Corvette that leads. And we've been green for such a long time now that it's uh, before the end of this race and we've still got 12 and a half minutes to go. I'm just looking to see whether they might actually catch some traffic. It's Alex Riberas no. and Gilles on who they'll catch first. But I don't think they're going to, no. it's They're just coming out of of turn four now, whilst Alex Riberas is coming out of Oaktree. So about a third of a lap between them. Madison Snow continues to lap very consistently indeed. 47-0 last time around, he was again just three, four tenths quicker than Robbie Foley. That lead which was uh, up over eight and then came down a bit, now back out to 7.7 seconds that's the battle for first second and third with Bill Oberlin in the GTD category will turn his cars second and third did they get tacos for that on the podium I think that's some kind of success worth celebrating hashtag Michelin PRT for your questions point to rising either from this race or from the weekend as a whole or something more generally Imza. We look forward now to the last two races of the season as we're moving into the closing stages here. Indianapolis, Battle on the Bricks, nighttime race, at least into the gloaming for Michelin Pilot Challenge and then the main race on Sunday. And then, of course, five days of action. Four days of action, excuse me, because it's uh, Wednesday to Saturday. Of course, for Motul Patilamon, we've got some special programmes for that. And full coverage, of course, of the championship finales that are always involved at that uh, event, not just for Imson WeatherTech Guard Championship Pilot Challenge. Idemit 2 Master MX-5s, they'll be deciding their champions as well, I'm sure. At that event, and plenty of excitement in terms of extra drivers. Jensen Button coming to drive a Porsche GTP at Motul Patilamon. Uh, we've got Lawrence Vantor in a prototype uh, as well in one of the Penske Porsches. Oh, and just a small matter of a double IndyCar champion in the reigning Indy 500 champion as well as Joseph Newgarden will be driving one of the Penske prototypes as well, the Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 Porsches and that's just what was announced last week. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, it's, fun, isn't it? it's great to hear these these news stories uh, heading into uh, Petit Le Mans, a uh, couple of guys are, are definitely making some moves right now, Phil Ellis in number 57 Windward uh, mercedes is uh, is is certainly getting closer yeah, to bill arbelin who in turn is getting closer to robbie foley just over the last three or four laps uh, the gap has gone from a pretty stable five seconds between the two between the two bmws to uh, about 3.6 and uh, robbie foley has fallen back to and all of a sudden now nine seconds behind brian's uh, behind madison snow so I don't know whether Robbie's struggling a little bit or what, but uh, Phil is certainly getting closer to both of those two. In addition, Frederick Schandorf has now caught up with Kai van Berlo. Uh, I'm pretty sure pretty soon he's going to go through into seventh place. I don't think there's going to be much that uh, that Kai can do about that. Seprio, however, running comfortably the best of the Porsches, uh, has, uh, is, is holding on to what seems to be a pretty comfortable eighth position overall at the moment.
0: seconds the lead, the Inception McLaren then, as Jeremy mentioned, has its next target in sight. And it is the Kaifan Verlo, Kelly Moss Porsche. He's going to clean that up pretty easily, I reckon. Seems to have a lot more performance. These tyres have been on for everybody over an hour now, about an hour and six minutes, an hour and seven minutes. So plenty of laps on them now. The Michelin tyres are very good, very durable. But of course, different configurations of car and different driving styles will do different things to the overall tyre wear and the balance between the tyre wear front and rear and indeed left and right. This is a predominantly right-handed circuit, a clockwise circuit, so you would expect the left-hand tyres to have more of the work. But depending on your driving style, the fronts or the rears might be getting a little tired. The problem is, is the grip changes. You have to change your driving style. You can't just brake and turn in at the same place every time. And that's part of the skill, Jeremy, isn't it, of of being consistent that's one of the things that impresses me about Madison for a, a non-full-time driver, Madison Snowys-Leath It's about assessing what those changes are throughout the tyre stint and the fuel stint. The car's getting lighter but the tyre performance is changing, the balance of the car is changing and that's a that's a real skill to keep doing that and to keep your your lap times roughly similar within a tenth or two.
3: That's that's right and uh, it is an, an absolute art and and super important for drivers who are running well anywhere in the field that if you if you can run consistent fast pace out front then uh, yeah, you're going to be hard to catch uh, and it's certainly interesting to me that the 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 pace of of uh, jordan taylor I mean, he did about a dozen or more laps within a tenth or two of a second in the high 45s now he's running at mid 46s uh, as is ben barnacott so they both both dropped off about a half a second of pace uh, at around about the same time, and maintain that all the way through the last what, 10, uh, 15 laps or so. So that's really interesting to see that. Meanwhile, uh, Phil Ellis is absolutely charging uh, and he's now right with the Bill Oblin, uh BMW and uh, the Inception McLaren has closed right up on Ty Van Berle too. So uh, two battles there to watch as this uh, race enters its final oh, six minutes now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and a late pit stop for Sjöld on there, a couple of laps off the lead after that damage early on, having been hit by the Faf Porsche. Eight seconds of fuel uh, is what Sjöld Adam saw going in there. And that car back out with Sjöld behind the wheel, um, I think probably a tale of what might have been. Meanwhile, Fred Shandoff continues to give us something to talk about. Well done, Fred, thank you very much coming down the hill now through the roller coaster.
3: Really interesting to see how much it, it closed in on the Porsche under braking at the top yeah. of the hill there, didn't it? It's that, a I, good bit lighter.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that, that's grip as well though, Jeremy, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, everybody thinks, oh you know, if, if you've got more if you've got more grip in a car then it's going to help you through the corner and off the corner, but it helps you everywhere. It helps you under braking, it helps you turn the car, the car feels more dynamic, you can, Point the car in a different place. You can place the car in a different place and get on the on the on the throttle earlier as well. Coming to turn three, this one's heating up. The number 91 Porsche, the dark grey machine with Kai Van Berlo. Now he's raced in Porsche Carrera Cup, so he knows all about close racing. Coming through to start the climb up the hill, Schardt looks uh, fairly confident. He's been very decisive. I'll give him that, Fred. Uh, In his passes, this one is going to be a little bit harder. Now up through the climbing S's. Van Berlo dropping the right Michelins off the side of the road as he comes through the south bend at turn 10. Just throws a little bit of dust up into the windscreen of the McLaren. Closing in through turns 11 and 12. Nice little battle, this. Nice to see the... Relative strengths and weaknesses of the two different cars. Mid-engine McLaren. Bit a moving left yeah. and right by Van Berlo. <laughs> trying to dissuade Schandoff from having a go one way or the other. But he's in the draft now. He'll go to driver's left. That'll give him the advantage for the first part of the roller coaster. But my goodness, Van Berlo very late on the brakes.
3: That was very interesting, John, wasn't it? Because uh, the Porsche got a really good jump off Tree turn. There, but then towards the end of the straight, the McLaren was definitely closing in. But then the Porsche, uh, that time, very, very good on the brakes because uh, Van Berlo doesn't want to give up that position. So he fought super hard there, left his braking as late as he possibly could. I don't think this was the over inside line. Turn one, two, is turned one, too, isn't it?
0: is not it going to be the old over and under? Oh, I don't think it needs to be. Sean Dorf's got enough grip to go around the outside, but then Van Berlo. Holds tight to the right-hand side, the inside. He's back in front again. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Two and a half minutes to go. Very wide exit from turn three. Shandoff's got way more grip. He has got way more grip. He he used, what, a car and a half less exit from turn three there. And that tells you, Jeremy, all you need to know about... uh, how that McLaren has been and how Fred has been in looking after his Michelin tyres in the last hour and 10 minutes or thereabouts.
3: Yeah, very much so. And uh, just a little bit far, farther up, up the road from them, uh, Fidelis Ditto, because he's closed in on Bill Orblin, He's right behind him now. And the two of them have closed in also on Robbie Foley. So there's only a couple of seconds now between Foley and Orblin, two tournament to what BMWs with the second of them under attack. for Phil Mercedes
0: little mistake there from the Porsche driver Van Berlo he went a little too wide that time and again that's the problem got a little slide on and that's all Schandorf needed got alongside now gets in front and takes that position 7th in GTD ninth overall it's taken three laps and it's given us some entertainment but fantastic stuff at the end of the race and this is what long green flag racing gives you there are drivers out there with completely different cars underneath them than when they came out of the race uh, an hour and almost 20 minutes to go. Now, meantime, Phil Ellis is right with Bill Orbelin. And here we go between these two, two front-engine cars through turn number three. Now, Bill Oberlin is not particularly backwards and coming forwards, but he can't hold back. Phil Ellis... That was a super manoeuvre like a hot knife through butter and Phil Ellis moves up and that is a podium position for Windward Racing. Have they turned their bad luck around? What a brilliant drive by Ellis.
3: Indeed so. At the track, of course, where they scored their most recent win last year. So it's been a really good run for him. And uh, Bill Oblin, having passed Bill Oblin, Robbie Foley is now just 2.2 seconds up the road. So the both of them have been closing on Robbie. Is there something to come there in the closing stages? Meanwhile, just looking at the battle for the lead, all of a sudden, <laughs> having been around about three seconds, it's now half that uh, with, uh, it'll, be, it'll be white flag this time around. He's well, not close enough. I, I,
0: I suppose, Jeremy, from the pit wall, they say now, right, whatever you've got left, put it out there. There's no point in coming back with any potential performance left in the car in terms of your fuel numbers or your tyre wear. So if there is anything for Ben Barnicott, he's going to leave it out on the track. He's not going to uh, get struck out looking, is he? He is going to have a swing at this, even if it's a swing and a miss. Second and a half at the line in GTD Pro. It's now a very impressive 11 and a half seconds from Madison Snow back to Robbie Forley And just under yeah. three seconds from Phil Ellis uh, to Robbie Forley for seconds. Can that Mercedes do that? I can't, I can't imagine it will. Further back down, Fred Schandorf has got four seconds to Seb Prior, whose pace has just eased after a good middle part of the race. But there's been some good drives out there, some thoughtful driving, some proper endurance driving. I know that this is only a two hour and 40 minute race, but the extended green flag periods, Jeremy, have made people have to drive this like a longer race in some respects.
3: Yeah, it's been an interesting race, certainly. It hasn't been as as exciting as perhaps we would have hoped. Uh, That problem for the Lexus leaving its pit stall, I think perhaps robbed us of a a closer battle between these two because once they'd uh, got themselves both up to speed, the Corvette was about three seconds ahead and it's pretty much maintained that for most of the rest of the way. But just a couple of corners to go now for Corvette Racing, looking at that team's second win of the year.
0: And Michelin rubber being laid down. Uh, Shea Adam is with the team. And across the line to win the Michelin GT Challenge of VIR Corvette Racing, Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia. Sheer Adam is with the team.
2: Coming into this weekend, they were already the only duo in GTD Pro who had won this category at VIR. So this is just even sweeter for them. And for Antonio, it's a very sweet victory because it's his fourth year I wonder what he's going to do with all those Michelin men teamed up together in his trophy cabinet. Just got to sneak over the wall and grab him coming down the stairs. Antonio, four times a winner at VIR. Do you wish every race could be held here?
1: I don't. He's <laughs> yeah, re- really, really good after what happened on Road America with 10 to go. So yeah Jordan today was like a switch clock like yeah really really proud of Corvette another strategy to put pressure on them and yeah yeah he did an amazing job so yeah very grateful congratulations
0: it's our GTD Pro winners Jordan Taylor in the car and Antonio Garcia did his job at the start of the race are they finding form they were quick at Road America but didn't make the end of the race Antonio Garcia has never won Petit Le Mans. Are we working towards that? The two class winners together as they head up the hill Madison Snow and Brian Sellers winning for Paul Miller Racing in GTD. Let's give you the unofficial results GTD broadcast first and second, Corvette and Vassar Sullivan separated by two seconds at the end, uh, and Klaus Backler for. Faf Motorsport fighting a rear guard action well down the overall, but still gets on the podium. GTD Pro. In GTD, Madison Snort and uh, Brian, as I said, Brian, Sellers for Paul Miller Racing, Turner Motorsport, and their number 96 car in second place. Phil Ellis with a great drive at Windward Racing, started uh, uh, by uh, his uh, team boss, I suppose you could say. They'll be on the podium as well and a shout out for Fred Shandoff and Inception as well after a pit lane penalty coming through with pace and uh, decisive overtaking to take 7th. Shit, Adam uh, with more happy drivers.
2: With the man whose name is over the door because for Paul Miller Racing, none of it would exist without Paul Miller. (laughs) Paul, congratulations, no one has ever won five races in a season in GTD until your team. How great does this feel?
3: It's amazing. It's really wonderful. I've just given everybody a hug on the team and it's, uh, it's wonderful. It's, uh, it's, it's an unbelievable record. So We've never won anything like that. We've never won more than one or two races in a season so so it's crazy
2: congratulations to you guys and by my count unofficial sprint champions all you need to do is start indy so you're the first ones to go back to back on that as well congrats is that right really no kidding i hadn't even thought about that <laughs> it's time for a bit more champagne for this team that knows how to spray it really well, well.
0: that is uh, that is the truth here adam very well done for paul miller racing that is uh, That is some statistic, five race race wins on the season. They have been champions before, but even in their championship winning season, they didn't manage that, Jeremy. I know you've been doing a little bit of arithmetic. By the way, we can uh, confirm that Corvette Racing, for their last pit stop strategy and uh, what many people call the undercut, it was perfectly timed, it was perfectly executed. That took them to the overall and class lead and that wins them the BDO Nose Strategy Award. Jeremy's been doing some arithmetic and will give us the championship standings.
3: Yeah, in uh, GTD Pro then, uh, Jack Hawksworth and Ben Barnick have their lead trimmed just a little bit here this uh, weekend, but it's still been uh, a, a, another great day for Lexus Racing and Vassar Sullivan Racing. They'll lead now by 144 points unofficially going into the final couple of races of the season uh and uh into third place now actually will be the FAF porsche moving ahead of uh, the weathertech mercedes
0: well done jeremy <laughs> let's take it, it, it.
3: Uh, Sorry, uh, go uh, ahead excuse me well just quickly that in, in gtd uh, again, with that magnificent fifth win of the season for Brian Sellers and manstone, particularly with the problems for Roman De Andres and Marcus Sorensen, who finished right down towards the tail end of the field, uh, that gap has now ballooned out to uh, 375 points uh, between first and second. The uh, Aston Martin team will remain second, but a long, long way behind.
0: To get down to Shear, Adam, who is in the victory lane. Brian Sellers congratulating his uh, teammate and Madison with his family there. His mum, Mel Snow, uh, big supporter, of course, uh, of his driving. Shear down in the pit lane, taking in some of the atmosphere.
2: Yeah, we'll uh, be able to chat with him in just a 2nd going to let our Thank colleagues you. at NBC uh, get in with the quick chat with him first. So I'm going to head over and see if we can grab Jordan Taylor because he had quite the victory celebration coming back around on that last lap. Uh, the guy who's won more races than anyone else in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. This is number 26 for Jordan. It never gets old, and his celebration is very well practiced by this point. But uh, – it's kind of a cool thing when you win at VAR, isn't it? You get the Michelin Man Trophy. How hard were you pushing on that lap coming out of the pit lane?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, every lap pretty much that whole race was, was pushing, even on the first cycle, uh, just to close the gap to the Lexus to see if we could make them make a mistake. So uh, when the yellow came out, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, and those guys restarted really strong. So I get out of it, but yeah, the guys made an amazing call to kind of short fill, get us out front track position-wise, and then it was just down to saving fuel, managing tires, and, and managing the gap so i was glad uh, i was counting down the laps from about 25 to go so uh, i was very happy to see that checkered flag
2: we talked about it earlier in the weekend the main goal is to get as many wins corvette racing as you can this is one down you look forward to indy and Petit. you still got two big races
1: yeah i mean it's it's definitely emotional like i almost just started crying right there when i was talking about it so it's been an amazing run uh this one's definitely for all the corvette racing fans out there you know since the announcement came out that the outpouring of fans from the Corvette side has been the best part, just the, the appreciation and respect of my decision to, to move away. But you know, Corvette will always be my family, no matter where I am, what I drive or, or what I do. So uh, yeah, deep in my heart, I'm a Corvette guy.
2: Is this the best car for burnouts?
1: Uh, I asked for a big burnout, but we didn't have enough fuel. So
2: uh, <laughs> they owe me one. Uh, we'll have to get them the next time. Congrats.
1: Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: great interview. Well done. Well, there is the answer to the question. and confirms our uh, um, uh, our uh, nomination for Corvette. Short fill for track position. Also, that was one of our Porsche keys to the race. So worthy winners of our BDO Nose Strategy Award. Let's see if we can pick up the drivers now from Paul Miller Racing. We heard that from the boss. Let's hear from them before we wrap up our race show and head to Michelin Porsche Tech, eh? Shay.
2: The confetti cannons have just gone off in the background, and that's uh, riled up the fans once again, and it certainly is going to uh, get this duo going because this is their fifth win of the season. They've never won more than two races together in a year. Now they've blown that out of the water by quite some. And just a fun fact, their win, their first win together after Madison's first pole was here in 2016. The winner in the GT category, Jan Magnussen, and Antonio Garcia. So clearly, when Corvette racing does well, This duo tends to do well, too. Madison and Brian just finishing uh, TV obligations. See if I can dive in here with our championship leaders. For these two guys, it's been an unbelievable season. And Madison gave a lot of credit to the crew earlier today, rightfully so. And now they've got a massive gap on the rest of the field as well as unofficially having clinched the sprint championship yeah it'll it actually
3: depend on how many cars turn up uh, for the uh, final race of the sprint championship if there's as many cars we had today uh, then uh, the, it would be clinched in fact if there's one more uh, all they would need to do is start uh, but if there's two more, then they would need to finish one more position ahead of that. Uh, we don't actually yet quite know how many cars will be at Indy, John. Do we? We think there might be perhaps more, a few more than there, than we have here this weekend.
2: All right, Madison. Five wins on this season. You got to start and finish. What was it like at VIR today?
1: I mean, today was awesome. Yesterday was definitely hot. That was a uh, struggle in qualifying. The track was definitely hard to drive today. I think the weather was awesome, especially, I mean, in the car, but especially for the fans as well.
2: Congrats. You got a cool Michelin Man trophy.
1: Thank you.
0: So our winners interviews, wrapping things up here at VIR and the Michelin uh, GT weekend with great racing yesterday and today. Tactics won out today for Corvette and Enforced, uh, Enforced, uh, effectively, drive a change from Madison Snort to be the closer. Uh, that's just about it from us. Thank you to Jeremy Shaw and to Cher Adam, and particularly to our hard working uh, camera operators and tech ops. Stay with us. On RS2, IMSA Radio, it's Michelin Post Race Tech next. And then we're back on the air for more IMSA action. The Battle on the Bricks from Indianapolis is our next live coverage from IMSA and the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm John Heindorf. Thanks for being with us on Sunday night. Stay with us for Michelin Post Race Tech. Wins for Corvette and Paul Miller Racing this weekend. Bye-bye.